0: So we're live. I didn't do any intro music. I am working on it. I spent like an hour <laughs> here farting around with intro music, but because I want to do something decent for the inter- interview shows. Yeah. Uh, but I haven't finished it. I'm just not that good at it. And what the pieces that I'm using, I'm going to do a slideshow, and the pieces that I'm using for the slideshow are just taking me forever to find. So it's sort of accomplishing two things. I needed to find these pictures anyway, you know, on different hard drives and places on the internet. So it's just taking some time. So it's not my number one priority. But with that being said, this is The Daily Gun Show. We come to you live every weeknight at midnight Eastern, and we talk about guns for an hour. That's the gist of the show. Now, we've been doing this show for 1,370-something episodes, so we're not new at this, and we're not seeking fame or attention. What we're trying to do is some. we have some goals. We're trying to accomplish some things with this show. First and foremost is to come up with a way to uh, manage the Second Amendment, fight the challenges that we have as they come up, not just the existing ones, but a system to uh, to deal with the evolution of the, the fight or the struggle with uh, the right to retain individual rights. Along with that, um, I'd like to focus on some of the history, the things that got us to where we are, mainly because I like to give credit where credit's due, but also so that strategically we can be more tactical in our decision-making going forward. Uh, so this show daily gives us an opportunity, of platform to do that. On Mondays, we motivate, we talk to people, and we try to talk about the tools and the techniques and the ways that people have been successful or failed so that we can all learn from each other. On Tuesdays, we talk about just plain old 2A. If that wasn't enough for you, we just dig into straight old 2A. We dig into a state each week, into an activist, and into an organization, and we feature one each week, uh, and that's chosen by the people that show up live and choose it. Then we've got Wednesday, where we have a little fun and do the tactical quiz, where we try to create places and methodology for learning and sharing firearms knowledge and Second Amendment awareness through games and fun. Thursdays, we split it up between travel and uh, training, two things I think are super important. And again, we're trying to accomplish stuff with this show. So by going live daily, especially when we have all these long format shows in the evening, we can really explore some of these things. this week. Uh, it's back to training and we'll be talking about how to be a 2A activist. So it's a lot of 2A activist stuff this week because coming up this month is the gun rights policy conference and the AMCON and uh, a bunch of people will be getting together and that's what it's all about. So we want to kind of focus on that. Then Fridays, we look back at the week in 2A, uh, what was created out there on the different platforms. And uh, we look at... uh, what's not the news of the day, but what important things happened that week, and then give uh, reach and uh, awareness and shed some light on some of the things that might have not been paid attention to. Some of the reasons we're optimistic in 2022 and eager to bring more people into the fight or the conversation or the the community, however you want to look at it, because it's kind of all the same. All right, so that's my quick intro to the project, the Daily Gun Show. We've been doing this for a long time, so it evolves over time. I've been doing this show solo only because I kind of have to. Uh, it's not like you can just get co-hosts to show up free every night for long format shows that get nerdy on Second Amendment and gun stuff. So uh, in an attempt to make it not just me talking all the time and bring people on that are useful and I uh, want to share their their uh, whys and their hows, uh, we've been doing interviews on Monday. And now what I'm trying to do is evolve it a little bit further, and three of the weeks we'll do new interviews. and on the fourth week, we'll bring everybody back, or at least invite everybody back and kind of cross some streams. We'll hopefully we'll be interviewing a variety of people, not just to be a variety, but to you know to shine a light on some of the areas of Second Amendment or our gun community that don't don't get that very often. and then ideally bring everybody together so that they can, meet each other collaborate share some resources and uh just have a chance to chat where the focus is on just the conversation and not news of the day or you know 10 minutes tell us your story and get out that being said i'm going to shut up i've been talking for a bit we've got uh sharon here tonight who's been joining us on the regular i've invited i'm going to keep inviting sharon and clover it's a little bit late for clover we're kind of cheating by being on the east on the west coast so it's only nine o'clock for us but We'll keep inviting a couple of people that are activists full time. And then, well, I've been activists a lot. And then, uh, like I say, the the interviewees. And we've got a couple of, well, I've got about eight invites out tonight. Kind of last minute. All right. now I'll shut up. So thanks, Sharon, for joining us.
1: Always. Always enjoy coming on to this. Oh, what happened? Did I
0: lose you? Or did your audio you go?
1: I don't know. Is it still there? Am I still here? Can everybody hear me?
0: I mean, I hear that you're there, but it definitely lost volume. I don't know if I did something.
1: Let me um, go ahead and sign out and come back in um, and see what happens. I will be right back. I'm going to go ahead and type this message in, too. So it doesn't look like this, like I am being recorded. Hold on. Let's see. Oh, here we go all right let's see can people hear me okay now let me know um testing oh
0: now i'm muted sorry that didn't help yeah that's way better okay
1: yeah it looks like i i i'm trying to get the camera um hooked on too and it decided to flip over on that a little bit so let me go ahead and get that going let me get it oops it will not stay there so we'll put it over here so thank you everybody for patience really appreciate that and let's see if it decides to show up. Yes, here we go. Hi everyone. <laughs> so um, yeah, uh, I have been involved with 2A for nearly a decade. And unfortunately, as it's been mentioned on the program that I am retiring from that for medical reasons. So uh, hopefully um everything is going to let's blur the black ground a little bit y'all don't need to see my husband in the background there we go um and hopefully uh we can get information out to individuals who need it so that they know what to do to how to become an activist how to be an activist and how to work to defend your personal rights and everything for that. So that's pretty much where I've been happy to join on this. So yeah. Um, And I, new I, don't want
0: leave, I want to leave you hanging, but I want to interrupt you because I'm going to start taking some notes and uh-huh. I got two things taking notes of. So that's why I'm saying stuff so it doesn't go <laughs> too far before I start losing all my note stuff or my ideas or things that I wanted to make point of. So the Sorry. first question I was going to ask was, um okay now I can say your first point there becoming an activist
1: uh-huh.
0: I was gonna say to I don't know which one to start with I'll let you pick which one we're gonna start with but when, just just so answer to like interrupt your statement there about becoming an activist I was gonna say there's not like a uh, rule book there's certainly not directions so i think part of what i'd like to get across to people is that there's no rule book and there's no instructions mm-hmm. and it's gonna suck sometimes every once in a while it's super awesome and it's like wow this is why i do it this is really neat sometimes you don't even get to be involved with that but you know that's happening and you're like wow this is pretty neat like i just i know something important just happened right now mm-hmm. and to some extent being an activist is just being an assist right like yes and being the cheerleader and i guess i was gonna say that and then my first question before that interruption was gonna be so kind of like what we were talking off off here. I was I was before we started the show up. I was talking about how I was watching the Plate Society podcast earlier, and they had asked for suggestions for guests on that show. Mm-hmm. And that's a show that's run by I don't know how it works, but Paul is the media guy for Second Amendment Foundation, and then Plate Society does a daily bullet, they do a weekly bullet, and then they also produce some of the things like the Gun Rights Policy Conference streaming. And I know they do Amanda Suffolk's Eye on the Target radio uh, production on YouTube side, at least. So I know that Paul's doing a bunch of things. But anyway, he asked who he should bring on. And I was thinking immediately uh, Phil Smith from NAGA, because uh, they're just about to have open enrollment for their first convention, which kind of got put off with all the stress the last couple of years. Plus, mm-hmm. I really want to see... Uh, see here's the thing there's naga and there's Nagur. and Nagur sucks naga is awesome so i yes. like naaga so that i don't say it the other way because it gets confusing with the other one that sucks and makes a bunch yeah. of money and gets people fired when they bring it up so yeah. um i'd like to see second amendment foundation at least become in the round like be aware of the naaga but then well i had a bunch of options so i don't want to get too much into what i mentioned but that got me to thinking who would be cool to see collaborate or what kind of worlds would be cool to mix? So my question was to start off the show tonight would be for you. If you had some kind of, if you had the matchmaking wand or whatever it is, and you got to take a column of people from one column and a column of people from the other column that are currently in the second amendment, who would you pair up? Like from your experience, like who would you like to see as not necessarily like teamed up permanently but for like a couple of issues, who would you like to see as superhero team in 2A? And did you say maybe a task or something?
1: Um, just for spreading the word, I'd love to see NSSF support and help fund Kids Safe Foundation.
0: Yeah, and that's a big one. I'm gonna put that in my notes so we can dig into that one. But there's a difference between Kids safe and um, what is theirs?
1: Project uh, Child Safe. Project
0: Child Safe, which is two separate, completely different goals. So that yes. would be awesome, yeah, to see them incorporate or fund.
1: I would like because Project Child Safe is is a great program, but it's a very um, uh, it's not a active dynamic, meaning it's not a. Uh, it, to me, it's more of a passive type of a thing. The materials are there so that people can use them, and things like that. People have used them to the sense that um, the antis have actually used that and co-opted and stolen, plagiarized from Project Child Safe.
0: Literally um, picked up the materials that the firearms industry builds, creates, has made, and then puts them on their table as if they've not, got something to do with not it. Not just their
1: table their be smart program has openly plagiarized project child safe. So not just like putting it on their table, having the locks and everything else that they got from the NS, which is great. I mean, the stuff is there, the NSSF puts it out there for use, be smart and the organization that runs it have plagiarized it. And, um, where I actually have from, I believe it's from Louisville, Kentucky, um, or something like that. One of the local newspapers had a photograph of one of the Be Smart instructors mishandling a firearm, even though it was, I believe it was a blue gun, um, holding it up incorrectly, unsafely. And on the bottom, in the background, you could see the documentation, the slides and everything else that they were using. And they had their Be Smart um uh icons and everything else on the top and on the bottom of the slide you could see project child safe
2: clearly along the bottom and
1: And and
0: they win both ways with that because they can be yahoo's and crazy and then it just reflects poorly on the one that they're plagiarizing and stealing from
1: yeah it does because people don't then when we say like oh here's the actual material oh well we saw it over here like no they stole it Oh, why are you so against uh, making sure the kids are safe? That's not making kids safe when you have someone mishandling the firearm, mishandling, um, holding the firearm dangerously, flagging themselves with it when they're holding it. And yeah, that's not a good thing. So, and I believe he's going to try to join us a little bit in a little bit. And that would be Derek from Kids Safe Foundation. Um does amazing work. I believe his total, and he can correct me when he comes on, he's done outreach to over 26,000 children already. That's amazing. And I have seen the results of his work personally. Um, The next one that I would love to see hand in hand is probably, as a team, is probably um, DC Project. With as a combination with um, Trenchwork Chronicles, um, another, I believe it's Derek who runs that also, and uh, Kevin Dixie's no other choice to get into the inter- to get into the communities that have that are just now learning about that. Wait a minute, I am allowed to. The second amendment does cover for me. The first amendment covers for me, so does the second. That would be an interesting project to see. An interesting team to work together. So So, so when you're talking two.
0: about trench work, that's like the kids to kings and uh them the kids to
1: kings to- and several of the other ones um that do that, and they are actually going into the inner cities to talk to the to the young children to the young men and women. To give them the education, and I know there was a an event is it that, a mod that style
0: like very similar. Yes, provides a class. Yes. Improvise a class mm-hmm. or I get the impression it's more like a scheduled class that people show up because it seems like yeah. there's people sitting and that kind of thing.
1: It is a kind of a scheduled class, but just to have the information and. To, D.C. Project has. To me, the outreach to the politicians and things like that. Well, that's what I
0: was going to ask. So, if we're talking um, kids to kings, and with KD, you're probably talking like uh, his his aiming for the, for the truth, truth. yeah, yes. And now the Greenwood, which is a you know a, a location, a facility to give those resources a place, right? Mm-hmm. So, what I was going to ask is, are you talking DC project, which is lady from each state go into the representatives at the national level and and in groups of five meeting with those representatives as five female representatives of gun ownership in 2020, well, since 2016, so for the last seven years, they've been meeting up like that. And then even bigger at the local level doing the similar thing. So basically becoming a resource for the representatives, in other words, a resource that they can call and an example of a gun owner And then someone who's not quite a lobbyist because it's more of like a real person, but then also they are available for testimonials and they've been superstars as testimonials. So my question is explaining both of them now, would it be the, the part of DC project where they'd get more reps from the, like saying, like the areas where like, there's not, there hasn't been much representation with FFLs and with gun ownership and with education and outreach and stuff. So, like, more DC Project members from these areas? Or are we saying DC Project's resources or, like, um, connections with the representatives? Both.
1: And it's also where um, uh, Derek and KD can help provide the information on how to reach the I think it's Devin, how to, right? De, yeah it's devon and i apologize for that devon yeah, no we're um, talking about a
0: bunch of d words so yeah.
1: <laughs> and for like for devon it's just like they have valuable information on how to reach a community that members of dc project may not have that knowledge some of them do i believe um mrs l is part of that uh with dc project but to bring that into chain, into to bring education if we're going to get change and we're going to work together and we're going to save this everybody we need we do need to work together and i know there's been conflict between personality and conflicts and everything else but we have to work together on this stuff and yes there are certain individuals that should not be combined um they will not be able to work together but I do believe that DC Project, because of the outreach and everything else that they want to do, they're even down to the county level at this point with DC Project. Because I know before I retired, I was um, involved with some of the stuff that they were doing here in Washington State, and they're also actually getting down to the precinct level. I mean, and so what we discussed on the last in the last um, episode that I was on with you last month was what is how the legislature and most states and everything else is set up you're down to the precinct level that is the smallest way you can do outreach politically in your state so dc project is down that small down to that level and that is how you're going to reach out to the communities and things like that is at that level So that's where I believe that Devin and Katie and Katie's information is just incredibly valuable. Um, I know that there was a video of Katie speaking at one of Devin's um, uh, programs and he was bringing his, and he brought up a, a very negative stereotype that was used. He says, where do you want, if you want to hide something in the community, where do you hide it? And people in the audience said, in a book because they know individuals were not going to read. How do you get knowledge? You read it and getting and going to the sources. Don't trust. And I'll say this to anybody who's listening to me. I will cite sources. Back me up on it. uh, um, Challenge me on some of the stuff. See if I'm right. And that's what, and anybody who is, who has done this for a while, for a while. And this is where it comes down to science is question. You always question science. You don't, um, doctrine, which comes under religion and religion does not necessarily mean a religious organization. It can also be a dogma and that is a way of hey dear hey sweetie um and you question the science you question science you question everything if somebody asks you something or somebody puts something out there and says this is what the numbers are and this is what it is question it and i will always say that um no matter what so and we have derek who i was just speaking about
2: (laughs) hopefully good stuff
1: Yes, very good stuff. Very, very Thank good you. stuff as always. And um,
0: we barely chatted at shop before. So, what we're doing on this Monday show on our podcast is uh, getting people together who are Second Amendment activists to kind of just chat and have kind of a round table. The question on the table is uh, kind of came up from a Polite Society podcast chat earlier today. And they were asking okay. who would. That you re- Who would we recommend to be on the Play Society podcast, right? Paul Lathrop and them. So uh-huh. I was thinking about who would be good mixes, like who haven't I seen on that show? So that my question to Sharon was, uh, and now to you, if you were doing the team up, you know, making a, a comic, a special run or a special edition, and you were going to team up people currently in 2A, who would you team up? Why? Or, you know, you don't have to pick just one, but what kind of 2A team ups would you like to see? And we welcome to, thanks for jumping in
2: absolutely thanks for having me you know something different you know I, I i love different thought you know different topics and you know seeing how conversations can kind of spark different directions i think you know there's a lot of diversity in what we do and which is great and so i don't know i'd like to just kind of just kind of feel you guys out you know i have my own that i you know, obviously, the, I like Kevin Dixie. I like what he does, you know, and some others. You know, it kind of put me on the spot. <laughs> so I'll, I'll come up with something.
1: I had said well, Yeah,
0: no reason It's not a quiz. It's just the first game we kind of threw out there to start thrashing around.
1: And I had said between you and NSSF. I mean, NSSF obviously has their um, Project Child Safe, but I know that. What they, to me, that seems to be very much of a um, passive type of a group where you are very active in everything else. And, and I've, and, and, you know, I, I have seen your work. I have seen children change attitude in two hours. Yeah. Young children who come in with an attitude that they don't want to be there, they're not happy. And the next thing they know is that they hear that click and they're like, as this last one, I'm out of ammo. And he, that child saw some significant change in their attitude, Absolutely. which was nice to see. And it was, a, and it was a positive attitude for that. And um, so, and then there's the, the young woman who is the, the the young lady who is shooting on a competition level where what she has done in a year is incredible. Absolutely. Absolutely incredible. And with that, that information and then some of the stuff and listening to your program for the last, has it really been two years? Um, Seems like it. Yeah, I think it actually, it has been maybe even a little bit longer, um, hearing your program and hearing how it's set up. I truly believe that your program needs to be nationwide and with, with, because if we're going to stop the highest level of firearm fatalities need to address the issues that are going on with the youth and society as well as the young adults and you address that.
2: Thank you. And I think a lot of it comes down to is you have the bigger organizations, right? They have the money, they have the status, they have the seniority, but there's, you know, there's small organizations like ours that just need the help and they need the support, you know, and that's why, you know, coming here and talking to you guys is so important is because is you know and and, you know CloverTech, thank you for that you know i am looking at it for you know these five and five and ten year olds and 15 year olds these are going to be the future of the 2a if we do not get them we are done and i'll Mm -hmm. tell you i've been i've been yelling this from the rooftops for many many years now and now i start to see a change and people are starting to come around um but without engaging with in the youth we're not going to have a two way. Look at, look at all the extremes they're dealing with right now. They're dealing with genderism. They're dealing with, um, all these, all these different things that are happening around the, around the country. And so there's, you know, the, the second amendment always goes to the, the background. So there's always some, some other crisis that takes priority. And So if we don't engage with them and teach them the importance of, of this two way, right, you know, we're going to, we're going to lose it. So You know, we're going to start to age out, you know, and that's where we're going to be in trouble.
0: Well, we'll have you to talk about um, the uh, kid safe. But I guess my question would be with all the... um, like with the people that are comfortable with teaching kids and giving kids so much more responsibility where's the disconnect and it has to be intentional i think there's no way it's unintentional or accidentally missed but where's the disconnect with having like don't touch this call an adult type of training you know i can understand somebody who's anti i don't think a kid should touch a gun but i grew up where a cop would go police would come in at a little late like young age and go if you see a gun that's a dangerous thing. You should walk away from and tell them to help or, or something like yep. that because I was before Eddie Eagle. But um, yep. that's my question is if, if you've dealt with this end of it more, and uh, thanks, DJ, for jumping in. I've got a bunch of links out there, so we'll see if people jump in tonight. I'm trying, well, try to it, You know, so we don't go too late, but I guess, yeah, that's my question is where's the I disconnect? Mean, How are able to make that mental gymnastics to say, oh, we shouldn't even give them like awareness training and danger training, or
2: that's totally the wrong way and you know it's not sexy that's that's the thing is it doesn't drive the views it doesn't drive the clicks it doesn't sell the ad space because it's the infrastructural work that's being done you know everybody loves the free Glock and the you know the free blinged out stuff you know you know um which you know that's how the influencers they pay their bills but ultimately if if we're not able to reach everyone not just the the ones with guns in the home you know how far we're really going to be able to take this you know so you know that's well, that's, that's kind of, of where encouraging I'm i don't
0: know you know i know i'm throwing you on the spot here and you just jumped in the middle of the night like no notice so i appreciate it throw questions at you but that's interesting the way you answered that with um um oh dang it i'm trying to type and talk and then say what I was to say there but you said that uh um, the YouTubers and stuff, like, but it's not sexy and that's fine. Cause that's kind of, uh, 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 optimistic. I'm optimistic what you answer because there's an evolution. I mean, Eddie, the Eagle was never like the main thing for the NRA, right? Like that was just a thing that the NRA attempted in order to deal with issues or something, you know, whatever you call optics in the eighties, but, uh, and, you know, to accomplish education or whatever, um, but it was never designed to be like their main thing, or like, hey, we don't have to do nothing else because we're doing this. So that's good well, because there's all kinds of stuff. I mean, the whole evolution of the internet. I mean, at least from my experience watching YouTube happen, it, it, nothing happened on it. YouTube started with kitten videos and kicked in the nuts, right? It was all just yeah, uh, America's funniest home bloopers thing uh, at first, and then it turned into with with the community. It turned into realms and topics, and like the makeup channels became and the you know, mm-hmm. hardware channels became and the different uh, occupations created little areas on YouTube and gun community started. So mm-hmm. all of that evolution happened with the speed of the Internet and with people's comfortability with the Internet and with our ability to have communities online and be comfortable with that. So if, if we're talking that the um, I want to say awareness, I guess, of what, what do we call? Because there's different types of gun training, right? We're talking awareness training and just like leave the gun alone. We're, I'm going to call it Eddie Eagle training. If we're talking Eddie Eagle training, just needs to get out there. I mean, you've only been doing this work for a couple of years. Eddie Eagle was just sitting there on, you know, dusty on the it's, shelf for decades. It's
2: like, I, I like to be honest with you, and I don't, don't want to, like, it's kind of a negative connotation comparing what we do to Eddie Eagle because we're, you know, obviously there's a little component of that. But that's just to, so we we run parallel with their information we don't want to contradict right so the thing is we're, we're light years beyond the ed eagle program and so the fact that you know there's always this stigma that always follows me oh i think we're the nra we're not the nra we're completely we're like you know we're into the new millennium and, and so you know that's what i all i would say is is to bring up people to speed is to understand that obviously Eddie Eagle served a purpose and it was good for a time, but it hasn't been updated. It's not up to date with the way kids are learning now. It's not up to date with the technology. And that's that's where we come in. And so that's where we take over. And that, if they want to give us some funding, which I don't know how I would think about that, I got to kind of talk to my board. But, you know, because I don't want to be a shill. That's the thing is I don't want to be a shill. And, and I work really, really hard to keep my nose very clear of that because I don't want the other side to say, hey, this is just another – avenue for the nra and you know obviously the nra was great at at one time you know that just needs new new management you know and so you know i think um you know i I think we just need to make it make it we have i think as you get some of the influencers are getting older they're they're starting to you know raise children in in the gun gun industry and so i think it'll be more in the forefront going forward well that's a great point
0: and some of them you know, will have so, panels if they don't already like the, if an influencer or whatever, YouTubers making yeah. a serious scratch, they're not going to let their kid have a real job when they can show them literally how to make a lot of money just playing on YouTube. So those Yeah, are gonna
2: absolutely.
1: Come. I would say, Derek, the, your, it, your program and everything else that you do is not just the next generation coming off of, when I'm talking about generation, I'm talking about within technology. So each each time there's been an advancement, it's called a generation uh, within technology. I would say with what you're doing, as compared mm. to what Eddie Eagle is, and what Project Child Safe is, at least a minimum of ten generations above both Project Child Safe and NRA Eddie Eagle. That's not downplaying those programs. You are the next. You are the evolution that's come up after that, by seeing what's been done and working with knowing how the kids are learning nowadays their programs were great to address it in the beginning and how it needed now what a lot of people don't realize on some of this history coming in is that the reason why we have hunter safety education and the reason why we have so and the reason why we have from from retired uh colonel jeff cooper was the four safety rules was because accidental firearm deaths in the beginning, when they first started tracking this and everything else, we're in five digits. They were over 15, 20, 30,000 a year. And it's through the 2A communities, the gun community took it upon themselves and were able to reduce those numbers so that consistently year over year, and that number is dropping, and this includes all firearm fatalities that are tagged to an accident to being less than 500 and that number is continually dropping so we in the 2a community have done that so and within the gun community now a, it's a huge, interrupt
0: you because that's a, an amazing point that's why i like having these shows this is awesome so that we didn't do it our grandparents did that that happened think about a time before there was an internet and before you mean you had to go get a magazine pick it up and then read it or look at the pictures to get the information like there was no word of mouth nothing so back in the day if you found a gun what's the odds you're going to look down the barrel to see what's going on like you had no idea there was no movies there was no movies at one time right you're not going to get that from the radio and there was just no awareness. I mean, my grandpa said when he was a little kid, they, if you could reach the pedals, you drove. Like, there was no licenses for nothing. Things were just different back in the day. So, yeah, you're right. Like, that was an intentional effort. And I, I'd like to give credit. I just don't know off the top of my head who. But I, I know that that was an intentional effort. If you look at NSSF, they've got a tremendous history of their own organization. Everyone should take a look at it because it'll show you how they created the, the Hunter's Orange campaign mm-hmm. day. When hunters were under attack for both their, what they were shooting, the animal, what they were shooting with, the bullets, the ammunition being led, uh, the animals themselves and all their migratory and international stuff. So they had a lot of weight coming after hunters. The habitats they were shooting at, the the seasons, and then the private and public land battles. Uh, And then accidents with hunters who really were just, I mean, I come from an area of the country where hunting meant get together with your friends and drink beer, bring shotguns. And hopefully everybody comes home with all their fingers. But they did not care about whatever they were coming home with. Hunters went out and harvested deers because they cared about their corn crops or whatever. Mm-hmm. Hunters was just a, an excuse to go fishing with shotguns. So that, in, that intentional education did get us to where we are today. And then we sit here getting mad at 300 deaths. But well, like you say, there was a time when that was five digits of accidental gun deaths in the country.
1: And And we can, and we, and with Derek's program, because, and you'll bring that up in a little bit, we have been able to lower that. And then when they talk about the whole thing with the firearm fatalities, we have to address that it's through the majority of that is suicide. And then the next level is criminal activity with gangs and drugs. Mm -hmm. Also, a very, very drug
0: war, territory, cartels. That's part of it. A large part of that 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 is,
1: yes. And so when you have that, there are two separate programs that require distinct ways of addressing them. And Derek's program addresses the large, addresses two of those things. He addresses suicide prevention because through the bullying and things like that, through the anti bullying, because kids who are bullied will commit suicide. That is a known or fact. Or do crazy
0: other things, yeah. Or, yes.
2: or, or, or get
0: violent.
1: Yes, yeah. they yes. They don't know
0: because yes. they don't know. So giving them options, giving them awareness is key, mm-hmm. right?
1: And then the other part is also with addressing it is the accidental. And the, seeing the younger children, the ones who may not be at the age of handling a firearm, but know not to pick one up. That's where your program, Derek, is extremely valuable because the interaction that you have with those kids is amazing and to where you see the kids learning and yes, you and I disagree on having a pink gun or a purple gun, but seeing the kids' reactions to that, yeah, I can see why that if you have children, don't have a Cerakoted gun in multi in Different uh, husbands watching The Godfather in the background. If any of that's being picked up, nope. So, so, um,
2: so little caveat there though is is obviously age appropriateness, right? So, a ten year old is going to know a little bit more than a four year old if it's if it's a, a pink or a purple gun, you know. So, you know, proper storage go hand in hand, right? I don't I don't like mandatory storage when the the boot of the government tells me I have to do something. I do not like that so what i'd love to do here is change the culture where it's like it's like the thing that we do is we take that gun off and we put it in a box right because we have good you know technology equipment where we can get to that gun in less than a second right and so there's really no reason for us to leave the gun out unattended you know especially if our kids don't know and the gun is you know pink or purple right so there's a lot of stuff that goes into it but obviously that's that's kind of you know we just got to change the culture this is a we're in a cultural war right now right we have people that are deathly afraid of our firearms that do not understand our two-way rights they want to take away our two-way rights because they think that's going to keep everybody safe but what they don't understand is they don't understand the data they don't understand human emotion and morality and and so they're living in this utopia that is completely it's it's non-existent because you know evil people are going to still do evil things even if you take away all the guns there's still going to be guns in this country there's you know 425 million estimated guns in this country they're never going away and so what what can we do to to coexist right so we can we can incentivize training you know obviously we should all be training right now as it is with the way our country is becoming more and more violent you know so we should all have our skills at a at a higher notch uh, but we also should, should be making sure that our kids know what not to do if they come across that gun um and, and we should also make it a habit of putting the gun up when it's not on our person you know so you know that's kind of my thing
1: and GGA Reloading makes a good comment on where it says, now it makes perfect sense why um, California just banned any two-way content for youth. Yes, that is exactly Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And um, people need to be aware there are several other states that are bringing up laws. And how one of the ways that they're addressing this, because I know we, they attempted to do it here in Washington, and I believe they're doing the same thing again in Oregon, is where they will ban lead ammunition. And the problem is, is when you ban lead lead ammunition, you're also banning pellets. You're banning 22 long rifle. And that is one of the ways to be able to train the youth. Because with pellets and with air guns, that is the way that they have the ability to handle a firearm or something that's addressed as similar to a weapon. Because I would still consider a... um, a pellet and a air gun, a weapon, may not be classified as a firearm, but it's still a weapon. Um, And they were having it set up to where that the adult had to hand, the parent, or the legal guardian had to hand over the box of ammunition to the child who was shooting during a class. That's how restrictive. Now, here's an interesting point. Anybody who lives on the ring of fire, lead is in the soil because of the volcanoes. Flat out, doesn't matter. If you live anywhere where there is a volcano within 300, 400 miles, you have lead in your soil and you also have arsenic in your soil. It will always test for that. Lead lead is an issue, but safe handling practices for learning how to handle lead and other contaminants is critical for growing up because there are going to be situations where you're going to come across something that whether you're doing cleaning at your home, um, there are certain chemicals that you just do not mix because you will create chloramide gas and knowing how to safely handle items that are dangerous. You learn how to not harm yourself and that same method goes from firearms all the ways through household chemicals such as bleach, ammonia, um, uh, Comet things like that, and that all works way works around with it. But yeah, no youth shooting sports does mean no to a education and no safety education. So,
0: what's frustrating is to see the reaction. You know, it's initial reaction because it's just happening, but the reaction has been. Well, now they're not going to be able to, and now this is going to be gone. Instead of, well, they're already, already
2: getting sued. Cheated, so or,
0: you know, huh?
2: They're already getting sued, so that's good. I'm I'm already planning my next trip for in, into California. We're already working on that. So, right on. Obviously, you know, we got to we're going to have to do things a little bit more different, you know, differently. Um, but you know, we can prove when we go into California, those kids need education because there's no access to education for them and Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of guns that are made illegal with the pin stroke that the parents don't talk to the kids about and that's what makes those kids vulnerable and so we could actually prove that you know the strict gun control actually is detrimental to the youth down there uh, because there's there's no education for them when we go in there like i'm talking to parents in california they're like we didn't even think about this because they're 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 worried about timmy telling telling a friend at school that they have something that has a a 12-round magazine, and you know, it's going to get to the principal, which goes to law enforcement, and the law enforcement shows up at their house. So, you know, they they keep their kids in the dark when it comes to their guns there, which is which is unfortunate.
1: Which is dangerous. Very, Absolutely. very dangerous. That's because that's how, it's
2: criminal. It should be criminal.
1: And that's how my family, because not having the information, even with a young age, is, and that's how, um, and hiding it away and not saying, like, you see this do not touch this because it was that curiosity of a young child that caused the death of one of my cousins. And that's one of the reasons why, even though I am, uh, in the process of retiring, Derek's program is going to be one of the programs that I'm still going to be involved with because I do not want any other family to go through the heartache that my father did. And because he carried that with him until he died. And it, that's the reason why my sibling and other were taught firearm safety from the beginning. I don't ever remember not knowing firearm safety. It was drilled into us from the beginning. And
0: and it's not like, I don't think, well, I mean, your dad had an occupation, but a lot of people's firearm um, training is the same as it's like, it's not like, Okay, now we're taking out for firearms training. It was like, hey, you're gonna be using the axe this afternoon? Here's some axe safety training. Oh, mm-hmm. we're gonna be using the bleach and the mop bucket, like you were talking about earlier. We're gonna have some safety training. Here's what you mm-hmm. mix and don't miss. You know, these aren't just inert things here. So it's like as they grow and as you experience things, right? Then it becomes one of the things. So but I think the original question I had a while ago is how do we how did how do we challenge and, and s- s- change the the current situation where it's okay to talk to kids about just about anything and it gets people all upset and then, except for you know, anything about being aware and safe about guns um, but before, I'm gonna let everybody cook on that, I wanted to say thanks again to DJ for jumping in and just play host here and just to keep some consistency, ask DJ same questions, uh, if you were going to team up, super team or a team up, a super what am I trying to say, a comic book team up of 2a currently in 2022 who would you team up and then i guess that was the only question i was asking
3: well to begin with um my mind immediately went to people who are already involved in the second in second amendment um activism so the first dream team i would have would be maj toure diana Muller, chris chang and masad Ayoub. um now if if you look at the the, uh, the 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 makeup of the nationality of those folks or of um, their ancestors, there's a reason for that um, underrepresentation. Um, my second one would be, and this is this is a dream dream team, and it actually has a person who is a member of a U.S. Olympic dream team in basketball, Carl Malone. I think that there would be good purpose in having celebrities that we could rely on consistently. Carl is one who has spoken up for not advocating necessarily um, gun ownership and safety. Also, Miranda Lambert, uh, there's a musician, female. James Hetfield, uh, he's a uh, guitarist, lead singer for Metallica, another yeah. uh, person in music. Samuel L. Jackson, um, an actor who carries himself or said, said that he does. And then Lauren Boebert, she's kind of my my dark horse on that list. And I guess that's because some of us still do look up to a few politicians, gee. And that's what I got.
1: To add on to that list, I would say would be some of the new media individuals um, would be Tim Poole. He is somebody who I have been watching for some time, and he has changed from an individual who says, Oh, you should have. Uh, classes or there should be a waiting period and everything else. And watching him change his mind as he became more and more educated on the process of what it is to be a firearms owner in this country. He now believes that NBCs should are under the uh, second amendment and every individual should have the right to has the right to own one of those. So individuals who aren't aware, NBCs are nuclear, biologic, and chemical weapons. He says that the government owns it. Private citizens should be able to have the right to own it. Um, I'm still mixed on that particular one because there's some issues when it comes to uh, self-defense usage on something and the dealing with innocence. But yes, um, if the government has it, yeah, the individual should have it. So there's just a lot of inter- individuals who have come out recently, within the last two and a half years, who have changed their minds, seeing how the gun, how society has changed. And I've even seen Europeans come out and saying, "Don't give up your guns, Americans," and Canadians the same way. The Canadians and also. Individuals who live um, outside of Mexico City, Uh, same thing. They don't have... There's one gun store for civilians in Mexico, I believe, if I remember. And that's in Mexico City itself. And it's extremely difficult for a civilian to legally purchase a firearm there. So there's some great international support also for this. Um, I think it's the... FGC nine that's currently being printed during the civil war that's currently ongoing in Myanmar or Burma, depending on what's um uh, I think it's Myanmar that's currently going on. And some of the advancements in 3D printing that's happening is happening from Europe, feeding that information and signal down to Myanmar so that they can defend themselves against a junta against a military dictatorship. So there's a lot of people who we can look to, to how do we change minds? And to address what DJ said is you have so many people who come from communities and everything else that have been marginalized historically that are now speaking up and that's where the power is. And it's also why the powers that be one to silence those speaking out. Sorry for the rant.
0: <laughs> no, no problem. It sounded like I was just going to say it back to DJ's uh, picks there uh, and then your additions really is that uh, you did more like um, a Justice League, a 2A Justice League, so not so much a group of people brought together to do a comic book two-issue run to accomplish something, but more like You'd like to see them together to accomplish things as a team, as they come.
3: Yeah, absolutely, and like pairing up. I, normally, and well, not normally. I am absolutely not a person who takes my advice um, or my direction from celebrities, be they from music, um, television, film, wherever it is. However, the appeal, the mass appeal of those folks, um, I think would would reliably increase awareness people I'd are like
0: cool. celebrities in tow to like okay yeah all behind with with and megaphones and in speakers and say whatever we tell them like i don't want any of them in front saying they lead the way like they don't but if Understood. they want to come afterwards and say stuff again louder that's awesome
3: so with the Talk example i like with that. the examples i offered then i guess move uh lauren bobert up to those who are already around um and insert some other celebrity So, you would have the the lead team, you know, Maj and Diana and Massad. And uh, then you'd have those that uh, the the general public would be aware of. And that is an interesting way to blend things as well. People are drawn to a name, but listen to the voices who can speak more intelligently about things. That way, both the the needs kind of um, there's more than two needs, but both sides of that coin would be covered. Um, so you'd have somebody um, who people are interested in hearing just because of their fame, and then someone they're listening, they're interested in hearing if they have never before because of the things that they're actually saying. Kind of like,
0: hey, listen, and all the applause, and then like, and now listen to this guy; he's super important. Entw- twer- twer- n- or listen to her because she's really got something in- interesting to say, right? Like, be the shoehorn uh, or the the first uh, the on the street who brings them in.
3: Absolutely, because if there's like, if there's already love
0: what this person says.
3: Yeah, if somebody famous is advocating that we pay attention, that uh, the, the populace pay attention to someone else's voice, they're going to do it, <laughs> you know, not just based on the merits of the speaker who they'd be introducing, but because they are lending their support. It's a, it's an odd arrangement we have in the United States, but, you know, if we can take that into consideration and use that in some way, even in this hypothetical, I think that that'd be genius. Well, so literally
2: literally my them. question <laughs> is, is how do we normalize it that we don't need a celebrity to celebrate a right like right. we put a lot of in like the two-way community we put a lot of stock in false profits and so how do we normalize it so everybody across the country we all have the same exact right how do we make it normal for us to to want to either exercise this or support and protect it
3: Well, Derek, I think that the the things that many of us do now already and your your group is a great is a great one as an example. It's not that I wish to substitute so much or to defeat your suggestion of the or the reiteration. Well, how do we do this, though? Kind of Mm -hmm. thing. I think it is the increase in message. And Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go with by any means necessary sort of thing. But with the Mm -hmm. ideas in place already and them being no A better okay no? hey, go ahead then. you're just
0: go going ahead. off on i something cutting you off intentionally but um I, I love the Derek's. how do we i'm going to say this to answer your question and also address TJ. i think but how do you normalize guns i was just putting something out there the other day and i wish i could remember oh, can't remember i'm going to give it to rob morse because i can't remember who corrected me but somebody put in there how do we normalize guns again because guns were normalized, right? So yeah. there was a direct effort to take guns off the table. Why? Because they wanted to get individual liberty off the table and and what we've got here with freedom and liberty, they wanted to get rid of that. And one way to do it is to get rid of a scary thing that your neighbors had and you didn't care about, right? As soon as you can take that scary thing away from your neighbors and it's gone from our culture for a little bit, it's never going back in, at least that's what they thought. So to answer your question, I don't th- to normalize guns again. We realize that we've been marginalized intentionally, and we attack that. So I'm saying I don't agree with you, DJ, because we don't go louder in order to be heard. That doesn't work. We, we go we actually quieter, get quieter, and we get more aware, and then we get better. And that's a, that's education, so we can be more strategic. I don't even think we need superheroes or celebrity either i love that concept of challenge and the whole idea of celebrity because i like i was kind of saying the same thing like if they want to come along after and take credit i don't care but we certainly don't want to have them as part of our strategy other than to keep them as like the the you know the uh people that come in and have a party after but uh I, I just wanted to emphasize that. I think that we do it by realizing who's been marginalizing us and that's being done. I mean, it's, it's something that I don't think, it, I, don't, I, I do not, I will not in 2022 have these conversations. You wanna know what we haven't done? Address the handicapped population, right? The differently abled and the elderly. You wanna know what we haven't done is address the Hispanics, right? If we wanna talk about what stuff we haven't done, I'll have those conversations, but we're not gonna talk about what we haven't done when we have had seven to 12 years of effort in these directions already. Right?
1: Well, oh. I, gee, I was, I'll tell you this and, I'll, and Derek and I are, are smiling on this because I was honored and humbled to be part of the latest event that Derek did in Centralia, Washington, and you were talking about being disabled and being able and being able to do something, where he taught a young man who was legally blind Now, people need to realize just because you are legally blind does not mean you cannot see. There are some very... Legally blind has a very, very specific definition, and I don't care that Wikipedia and such have tried to change what a definition means. Words have specific meanings. Somebody who is legally blind may still be able to see light, shadows, and still be able to... Function in society But just differently And seeing this young man And Derek you will explain it Better than I can be but it was It was Inspiring that weekend Absolutely Inspiring And I know you've posted It on Twitter and Instagram Recently So you need to talk about him
2: It's because it's something that's Really special to me and it's Cause it, you know, I, for, for a while, I thought there was a glass ceiling and then I get to that glass ceiling and I shatter that glass ceiling because I didn't necessarily think it was possible. um, Just with my, my experience, Um, you know, and, and, you know, to his credit and his family's credit, they came and they entrusted me with that first class and and we hit it off and we, we, you know, we, we want to teach him how to shoot. And so, and, and from, from that first initial class where, which it was different than we typically do is you know i don't i don't necessarily advocate kids touching guns but in, in his situation his eyes were his finger, so we had to actually teach him how to read the gun and learn where the trigger guard was where the hammer was you know where to keep his finger away from if he ever came across one in the home and and from that you know we this great friendship began with the family and then they joined us on the range. And so we did everything we could to set them up for success. And we, I, I made a magazine where I put Braille on it. So I taught myself Braille so as, as I'm learning this process to present the information to him, I've learned how to be a better advocate. And people say activists, I, I prefer advocate just because that's how I view what I'm trying to do. And which there's there's no wrong term here. It's it's, it's just the way you, you consider yourself and and so we i put braille on a magazine i met him for dinner and i taught him how to load this magazine uh ahead of time so when he showed up for the class on the sunday um he was i because i didn't want him to get frustrated i didn't want him to get left behind with the other kids that could see and so i treated him just like every other kid we just put a little extra work into it and from there you know he He showed me how to do the rubik's cube he did the rubik's cube in record time this kid's phenomenal um and then when he showed up for the class we showed him how to went through the whole process and when we got to loading the magazine he took the magazine and he loaded it faster than any of the other kids there and that was just and we were off off to the races and so this young man was just like any other kid that i've ever met just he has a real special spirit and he's a he's a go-getter and I really relate to that. And so we had a great time in the range. He shot really well. I mean, some of his groups were like this, you know, and it was, it was amazing. He had a a dedicated spotter and we had the gun on a tripod. And so we try to make everything as safe as we possibly can. And, and when I made some investments too, I bought a a new camera system that's going to help him. So when he comes back and he wants to join the rifle team now, so, you know, that's, that's, that's where we win. Is, We've is, got a
0: couple of shooters that are low vision or blind, and what they get is the clap keychains where they'll beep when they clap, and uh-huh. you tape those to the target for them. Oh, cool. Try that.
2: Yeah, so yeah, this, I, I've seen some tone stuff. They said that could work, and then there was like a little vision thing that mounts to the scope that kind of is supposed to put with the spotter, so we're going to try that oh, as well. Oh, so. that's
0: cool. Something with like uh, an audible like a Geiger counter or like back in the days when you'd have the thing looking for the, the spy or whatever, and it'd like beep louder when it gets on
2: target. Yeah. There's there's something similar to that. That's what we've invested in. And ultimately Ooh. it's just about getting him. And once, you know, once we do it for him, then we can replicate it. Right. Then we can, then we can open up a class and have 10 kids that are able. I call them abled. Um, yeah. Just so like just him. differently
0: abled. But they've got yeah as yeah, much interest sure. in doing whatever as any kid. you know about shooting Absolutely. parasport? I'll what's, link you to that? shooting parasport. It's a national, international. Oh, Paralympics. Sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, for sports, for shooting sports, though. So I'll link you mm-hmm. to them on Instagram. Maybe there's some oh, cool. resources back and forth. Awesome. So I know several
1: instru- I know several instructors. Um, the individual who runs halo defense he actually has an active team that he teaches uh those who are deaf and people get really freaked out because nobody has hearing protection but nobody can hear um when they're on the range anyway so that's a very interesting this is the whole thing of can we teach people who aren't the typical human being and outreach to them yes um, I've seen as I've gotten older and with some s- serious injuries to where I can no longer, uh, walk on uneven ground without support. So I walk with a cane and flat surfaces or my leg, my, um, my knees just tire my, because of injury, don't ever screw up your knees. <laughs> That's the best thing I can say. I have the um, I require assistance to be able to walk. I have trained with my cane. There is video either on my Instagram or through Twitter um, and some others have it also where you can see the cane swinging from my arm and as I'm doing a shoot uh, speed shooting competition. So in an event where there's uh, a situation where I may have to unfortunately defend myself, that cane may be hanging on my arm. I better know how to handle a weapon safely and be able to aim it with my cane. The same thing with my vision. I am not even on a 20-20 scale. Um, Never have been. Yet... I knew that there are ways to be able to where I see shapes without my glasses and shadows and and light my focal points, less than two inches from my nose. But I also know that, yeah, I can identify shapes and hearing. So individuals who aren't a hundred percent in all their senses, the sense that is deficient, their other senses are stronger. And one of the one of the more amusing things that happened with Derek's event was the young man was fitted with the um, hearing protection. And these are the ones that are that have the microphone on them. So uh, either I'm not sure which company they were, um, but so many of them make them where that you can hear the noises and hear conversations. And his mom was like, Can he hear anything? And so I said very quietly, From about 20 feet away, can you hear me? And he answered very clearly, Yes, I can hear you. And I was behind him. So, seeing stuff, so, so parents of children and young adults who aren't aware of what's available for safety items this was an eye opener for her to see that her son would be able to learn how to safely handle a firearm. And one of the things that Derek didn't bring up on this, and as this is as somebody who grew up around firearms and who I've talked to when all the times at say the different Pride events when I was still involved with Pink Pistols, is when I people who would come up who were very anti-gun. And the conversation came up. It's like, well, I don't want to learn it. I'm like, I'm not asking you to buy a firearm. I'm asking you to learn how to safely handle it so that if there's a situation where you see a firearm and nobody is, and it's there and you don't want to be misused. Do you know how to secure that firearm? And that's part of the conversation to bring up with people. It's like, if they don't want to have a firearm, they don't want to have anything to do with it. Respect that. Bring up the safety training as a way that they can make sure that that firearm is not mishandled by anyone so that even if it is taking a five gallon bucket, turning it upside down, putting it on top and sitting on it until somebody comes who knows firearms safe, who knows how to handle firearms is able to be there, but at least they would be able to pick that firearm up and put it to a safe location. And not have their finger on the trigger, as we all know. Instinctively, your hand goes, your finger will go instinctively to that location on that firearm, and that's the danger. So, so, sorry. No, that's okay. Go ahead, Derek. I was just looking yeah, at this. The is, chat.
0: This <laughs> is informal. The boarding House. I,
2: I saw in the, in the chat, there's a disabled shooter. So Parkinson shooter, I don't know if you guys are familiar with him. Um, he is very accomplished and he has Parkinson's disease and that's, that's how he treats. Um, and he's got he's a great covered. mission there. Yeah. yeah. And so I definitely would recommend you checking him out. Um, you know, and just kind of seeing, you know, the history on how to how he treats the Parkinson with, with you know, endorphins from pressing the trigger. It's, it's pretty cool.
1: It's amazing. It's, it is absolutely incredible to watch his tremors being and where he's going through an episode with the tremors. He picks up that firearm and the tremors go away. They're gone within milliseconds. So yeah, there are some definitely, and then there's also um, Battle Buddies and Battle Buddies is a uh program set up for competition shooting primarily for veterans that were came through who have lost limbs during combat as a way to do three gun two gun and three gun shooting so that is another one to for anybody who is disabled to look at and they will actually have individuals be who are setting up the course design take a run that course in a wheelchair so that they're aware of, wait a minute, this is this is or isn't going to work for the individuals who are going to want to who are going to want to participate. And the interesting thing with Battle Buddy that I thought was amazing is that the person pushing the wheelchair, because uh, some of them will push, have an assistant push the wheelchair, some of them don't, can either participate and shoot also during the competition, or just be there to help run the chair run the chair for the individual. Um, or some of them will push their cha- will push the chair themselves. So there's a lot uh, there actually is quite a bit of programs that are out there. They're just Some not-
0: exist, some exist, but there can, be definitely, there can mm-hmm. be definitely more. There could uh, be definitely more. The IDPA IPSIC should both be doing like your arm, your left arm is out of commission. Go, mm-hmm. right. You can't walk in this one. Go. Yeah. Um, and we could be doing that at every stage. I just wanted to interrupt because I also wanted to say that Shaky Daves, in addition to um, being one to champion, I keep fiddling with my mic cord, sorry if that's messing with my mic, I've been told that's messing with my mic, Um, but uh, he he champions the idea of therapy, shooting for therapy, but then Mm -hmm. with all this he's got going on in his world, he's also out there being an activist, right? He's out there going to events and representing and getting that message out there by being a person. Right. Not just us talking about it, but being out there and representing all of those others. And that's something that Derek brought up before. But I'm just going to kind of throw it out there just to put a bullet point on it. But shooting is therapy um, for not just physical, but mental, like a lot of veteran issues like you mentioned. But, you know, mental health and just um, transition from periods of life or whatever shooting, individual competition, where you can get out. It's like fishing, right? You can go out and it's almost like meditation, except you have a, something to focus on. Okay, I got to take this shot. I can do the breathing. And There's a lot lot to that, that often goes unlooked and unappreciated. Un, uh, and then people that want to marginalize us will say, oh, you're just fetishizing guns or violence, or you just don't care or something. And they don't understand the elements to it or the facets to it that are so different to so many people and so valuable to so many people.
1: And I think that's where Jake Wilkerson's program from Walk the Talk America through his Zephyr Wellness comes into play. And that's where he, as the professional, can say this is the benefits that we are seeing, not just with the suicide prevention that he heavily focuses on, but the way that the fact that that we all know anybody, all of us here who have handled firearms, know that when we're handling firearms, when we're getting ready to shoot, we are forcing ourselves to push everything out of our mind, no distractions. And that's something for somebody who has never handled a firearm. They don't truly realize the fact that you have to force the distractions, force the issues of the day and everything else out of your mind in order to be able to shoot well, even shoot halfway decently. And it's the, the, I know for myself, whenever I'm handling a firearm, I'm actively thinking in my mind while I'm doing everything else, the four safety rules, what's going on. Am I safe? Am I being safe and handling my firearm that's going on in the background of my head, while I'm also thinking about the process that I want to do. And it's definitely been proven that with us as humans, we have several layers of function when it comes to thinking and where if you're reading in your mind, when they talk about it, when your mind wanders, when you're reading or you're watching TV and things like that, that wandering actually can be controlled. And that's when we're being focused on what we're doing we're taking that part that wants to wander and bringing it into the higher level of operations that of what we want to do. So that's something to also be aware of. So if you know something- that's, some that's people, more than
0: just like therapy then that's like actual healing.
1: Yes. You actually are forcing your mind to focus on something. So that's the that's one of the reasons a lot of the veterans programs and things like that have come around because they know that the individual has been trained and those safety rules have been drilled so heavily that it helps bring that to the forefront and take over the just the part that wants to be distracted anyone who and this and this is more for the segment of society that may not be um is being very negative to firearms So anyone who does anything in the fiber arts and whether it's knitting crocheting spinning things like that many of them know that they can handle a heavy conversation watch a movie read a book or something like that while they are doing part of their craft addressing firearms that same way to where that the safety becomes that knitting the repetition repeating the safety rules over making sure that they know them inside out upside down And then you can focus on what you're doing. They realize that you have forced your mind away from the distraction. How is that good for children and for young adults? It teaches them a way of clearing their mind so that they can address some of the issues that's been going on without distractions because you're not going to have your phone. You're not going to have the internet. You're not going to have tablets. You're going to be focused on a specific thing And you can't be distracted because when you are distracted, that is when an accident happens. And that ties into what Derek does a little bit because, and I was, and I will say this for anybody who's in Washington state, the next time Derek's program is here in November, come down. It's in centralia. Yes. I know it's a drive from Seattle and Tacoma. It is worth it. Volunteer. Come see how his program does. Bring the kids the repetition and how he does this works to reinforce what's being trained at home clarifies it and gives the parents and the guardians an additional way to approach the subject of to be safe and this is also in changing culture so one of the things that DJ brought up with like celebrities and things like that and what you brought up also on Gwebs with this how guns were made evil was through the media that was consumed through television, through radio, through songs, through movies. That is how firearms were made dangerous and things like that. Um, with it. And so it's, that is in order to change that we have to have positive things. And that's done as you were saying, Gwips, quietly. And then you just build it up from there. So if you see a program that's really good, that shows firearms handling in a good manner, mention that tag a few people online as a way to build up, Hey, this was a really good way, a little good movie, short, or television, um, things like that. I mean, we all talk about how heat shows the realities of a gunfight because it was well done and it was accurate. Also shows how the criminals were using it, but you know what? It shows the, it shows how the reality of a firearms are using. So wait, Centralia is on fire from guns and water from what? Is it another uh, wildfire that they're on fire?
0: I think I did see something about a fire, but I don't know if that was in California.
1: Yeah, because now, because there's a Centralia, California, there's also Centralia, Washington, and I'm talking about Centralia, Washington. California is burning. That, unfortunately, does not surprise me. Um, there's lots of areas. So this is Centralia, Washington. No. Yeah, it is Centralia, Washington. Um, so, oh, Pennsylvania. Yeesh. Oh, I don't
0: know where that is.
1: Yeah, Hard I'm not sure that. where that, um, for that part yet. So this is Centralia, Washington. I'm on the West Coast. Um I've got family in Pennsylvania, we got family all across the Eastern seaboard. Um, no surprise on that. So, but Derek's program is, and I will say this is one of the best programs that, um, sorry if the movie is coming in into the sound, um, uh, it really is a, a program to be supported and people should pay attention. And if you are in Washington state or in Oregon, cause I know you do a lot of stuff in Albany too, don't you?
2: I do. Yeah. Um, yeah are
1: you? And I forgot to ask, are you ever out in Bend?
2: I don't get to bend as often as I would like. Um, obviously we have what happened last night. I, I feel that I need to go over there and plant a flag and offer assistance and offer, you know, Solution as opposed to the same drivel where we need to ban this and restrict that and regulate this, and you know what I mean. So,
1: there's an individual who lives in Bend that's a friend of ours who helped us with the fight, um, uh, in 594 and 1639, uh, the fight against it, who now lives in Oregon in Bend, Oregon, and so he's the individual that I mentioned to you before. And yeah, I, I also mentioned ready. him, I ne- I also mentioned it to him, and so the two of you will, uh, for for one for that. And this is the whole thing. Uh, Going back to the whole thing on advocacy and activism, this is the whole thing where people know more than who more than what they realize with who I've been able to speak with and everything else over the years. I know now because of how situations and lives change, I know an individual now who lives in Bend, who's from Bend, Oregon and who lives there and hearing about the sad situation that happened there the other night, um, who's also with Oregon getting ready to fight a massive gun control initiative that's going on. And I've been contacted by several individuals um, who live in Oregon. Um, Cause you've asked me also Derek about some information on this and this is the time to bring this up what's happening in oregon is significant and it will be brought to washington and it will be pushed from oregon into nevada and then into arizona so just because it happens in california and it stays or there's lawsuits don't believe that they're not there's not fighting going on against this against these bills and against these initiatives that are trying to strip rights they will try to force bills through or initiatives through even with bruin being decided saying like well it's the voice of the people well the voice of the people thought loving v virgin loving uh the laws in virginia for interracial marriage was good and loving v virginia said no so just because the majority votes for something That does not negate the rights being restricted When it is a natural right And,
2: and one thing to think about this 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 measure That's on the, ma- the ballot here in Oregon Is it's proposed, it's written by Giffords You know, Giffords has $10 million ready to go To, to push this thing through So what was happening is this is going to and i've seen a l- little bit of a shift i'm seeing you know moms demand actions kind of in the background now and i see i'm getting more stuff from giffords and i think they're you know they're trying to be the big big badass on the block and you know so it's it's going to go everywhere um mm-hmm. if they get a, if they get a foothold here and then in the clergymen that are, that are pushing it here in oregon they said it's the most you know progressive gun control in the, in the country so you know it talks about having an id to buy a firearm also restricts my magazine capacity. Um, it doesn't do a single thing for for criminals, but it makes you know any 30-round magazine that I have it makes it a class A misdemeanor, and and so it's you know. And one of the things
1: that they, and one of the things they talked about that you brought up, with moms, we're not going to see moms coming out for some stuff recently because their SEC uh, filings. Now people need to realize every single nonprofit is required by federal tax law to file their financials every year. And Moms Demand Action is classified as a 503C or or whatever it is for being able to accept tax-donated funds for their program. And it was just shown that the majority of their funds that were raised went to payroll, not Mm -hmm. to the programs that they're claiming to support so they're getting some serious heat in the media from that and on the financials have to thank jill from mom-at-arms for that one because she's the one who broke that story giffords does not have that baggage yet oh and yeah i have also been kind of saying with the whole lawsuits going after um smith and wesson and ruger and daniel defense why aren't people going after shannon watts when she was the head of marketing from monsanto and one of the products that she pushed was roundup so she's actually been directly tied to more death and illness than firearms have outside of war with months with roundup and with the chemical uh, destruction that way so yeah um She's
2: just a great person
1: <laughs> so yeah and we do have it confirmed that shannon is that individual who was with Monsanto. So people need to remember that some of these individuals who were tied with the anti-civil um, rights, the anti-human rights groups, as I call them. Um, I don't like calling them gun control because gun control is maintaining the safety of that firearm so that it doesn't get misused or things like that. So, and then you have um, Gabby Giffords who. G webs, and I think you'll remember this, that whole incident was preventable because she was warned not to go to that. She was warned to have better security and she was warned that she had a stalker who was obsessed with her. And there was a lot of things that go, there was a, that was a horrible tragedy that people lost their lives with. But the whole thing with that Gab Giffords was notified and She was also getting ready to be redistricted out of her district based on Arizona politics. So there was a lot going Uh, on.
0: Based on the fact that she doesn't even live in Arizona. She lived in Texas and Mm -hmm. she was on her way out. It was like one of her last speeches as anything. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. So there was a lot of stuff going on with that. And that young and that individual who shot her, unfortunately Arizona does not have good mental health care and his parents were trying to get him committed for several years and that is a whole other situation and another conversation for another night no um, but
0: it's not because that is tucson so i live yeah in you're not far from there yeah and that we had to deal with the repercussions of it mm-hmm. and we all do because now she's trying to become the new shan 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 shan, shan, yep. shan yep. uh, up like you say and She's not working like that. They, we know that those messages change all the time. Mm-hmm. The Giffords Law Centers was originally in 1993, the Legal Committee Against Violence, which shifted its name a couple of times uh, before 2016 when it merged with uh, Gabby to become the Giffords Law Center to prevent mm-hmm. gun violence. And now it's already changed its name since then. And it's I don't
1: know Sarah Brady thing to do.
0: Well, I don't think that with 2022 with the resources we have available on the national level organizations that have resources to the tens of millions of dollars, we should have any question about who all these people are. There's not that many players. I can show you what I, an individual, have come up with as a list of people on our side. Why can't one of our organizations chart what the other side's doing? I'm scared shitless to do it because all they got to do is swap me. You know, nobody's going to swap me for showing off our side. But yeah, that side is heinous. Mm -hmm. And it's all kinds of twisted. But uh, what you're talking about as far as, you know, she created um, a situation where she is now capitalizing and exploiting the situation. Mm -hmm. Right? I'm just going to leave it like that. And she's become a hero on the other side while doing it with her husband, who's now a senator here. The guy who tried to buy a gun with an out-of-state license in 2016 at a gun shop that was in sixty bucks. Let's not forget that that gun shop owes me 360 bucks. Whenever you look that up, you can you'll go, oh, Mark Kelly tried to buy a gun in Arizona at a Tucson yes. gun shop. That's the one that owes gun websites 360 bucks. <laughs> All right. So that being said, they're ignoring the mental health, which is the issue. The, mm-hmm. the tool could have been a vehicle. The tool could have been a stink bomb. The cool could have been, could have been something that caused a chaos and people hurt each other running away. The yeah. tool is what they're using to to distract from the actual issue, which is like you said, Arizona has an issue with mental health. And part of that is because we have an international border with a country that has all kinds of ties with, I don't know how many people coming across in conditions that are not able to be verified or aware, like we just don't even know. That's just one level. Since we have to deal with a giant international border, one of the largest in the world, international borders with another country, with a political issue with my uh, illegal and legal immigration across the border, not to mention a massive amount of our food comes from Mexico. Most of the fentanyl comes from Mexico in circuit, forget that. And then we've got cartels. So we have a a country to the south of us that doesn't allow individuals to protect themselves. So cartels run rampant, own the country and do what they want. And that bleeds over to our hospitals and whatnot. If our hospitals can't address a hurt leg or a broken arm, how can they address mental health? So yeah. it, it is a big issue. And I don't want to say, well, let's not get into it because that's how they win. And I don't want to get not into saying, it. I'm, I'm not everything. saying
1: not to get into it. I'm, I'm saying, saying this is definitely... Win
0: us by giving the, us so much to deal with.
1: Yeah. yeah. So g you and I both know because I lived in Arizona for a number of years up, up in Phoenix, but I know Tucson had some serious issues going on with some of the stuff going on with everything coming in through, uh, from Mexico because you are... Uh, um 150 miles even closer to the border than phoenix is but what i'm saying is that is a conversation de- that should be a dedicated conversation yes
0: that's all yeah so that's what
1: i'm saying is that should be a dedicated process. conversation i'm not saying ignore it or push it off no that is a dedicated conversation with what's going on specifically in new mexico southern california southern texas and in arizona i was just
0: trying to say that that she
1: shouldn't
0: be able to win by ignoring the mental health aspect Mm -hmm. of it focusing on the property and then now becoming famous internationally famous and famous through time because she's taken the the time from Shan chan okay i
2: I want another thing on your radar so i set up my google alerts i don't know if anybody used google alerts um and so i get a report every day on you know i put in kids gun safety kids, firearms safety. Um, I'll get you one second, GGW. Um, and so I'm getting reports. And so they've changed this narrative. So I don't get any pro-gun, any, any news articles when it comes to safety. Everything's been about be smart. And so this be smart program is now to the forefront because they're using Google and all these other magazine articles to, to prop up this organization that it's not safety. Um, their their idea is safety is is having the parents remove the guns from the home that's supposedly what's going to keep the kids safe and, and so I just kind of want you know people to be aware of that and how they're trying to morph that into into, into quote unquote gun safety because it's not and and when it so my questions so kids safe in California yes we've been to California you go there yearly. And so we go there, typically it's Anderson. So it's more Northern California. It's still the free part of California to an extent. It's a, you know, conservative area, you know, very, very cool place, you know, kind of rough a little bit. It's near Redding, but we go there and we spend the weekend down there and we shoot BB guns with the kids, you know? And so that, that might be challenged in that new law, but I'm going to go. I don't, I don't care. I'm, I'm not going to ask for permission from a tyrant, you know, I'm just going to go and you know hopefully that, that law enforcement in that area they know us well enough when we're, we're down there that hopefully they will choose not to prosecute or fine us you know but i'm definitely and there's actually two s's in that um dj and so that's where we're at you know we can we, we have to set we have to plant the flag you know we have to stand firm on our convictions and our principles and, and if we if we have to we have to you know lawyer up and then sue Know
1: and I think something else needs to be mentioned. You've even trained children in Hawaii, one of the most restrictive states in the country. You've been to Hawaii and you've actually trained children and been able to show that firearm safety training can be done for children in one of the most restrictive areas in the country, and which is a which is incredible to my to for what I feel like on this. And not many people know that, and they should. Because you have been able to travel and you have been able to address some of the critical need, so that it is done correctly.
2: Yeah, and I, I just got an email tonight from a reporter in Honolulu that wanted to do a story about a, a kid that was killed on the range over there. Um, you know, sent me the press release, so I'm kind of going through the information, figuring out how I want to to address it. I'm probably gonna. I, I jumped on here instead of giving him an interview because he was <laughs> kind of pushy um but you know yeah it's it's definitely we've made progress over there now we have we only have reporter reaching out unfortunately it was a tragedy there was a kid that was lost over there and which horrific and and so we never want to see that but it's it, it it talks about where you know when you do not give people the opportunity to educate right or train stuff like this happens it happens to law enforcement it happens to people that are really proficient for for firearms with firearms you know so if we don't educate you know even at a, at a young level and i think i believe it was at a boy scout camp so it was it was a tragic thing and and so i'll probably reach out to him tomorrow and do the interview tomorrow so i have you know my very
0: uncommon also it, i mean that doesn't happen in generations yeah. that's very uncommon then.
2: well when i was when i was over there there was a big rash of kids shooting with bb guns there was there was actually a young girl that was in the hospital because she got shot in the head with a BB gun because they don't they don't understand the concept of a projectile and what it can do to the human body because like their idea of of, of teaching them is no, no, Kiki, don't touch that, you know. Or you know, they don't they don't understand, they don't teach them the the, the cause and the effect of their actions there. And, and so that's that's what's sad.
1: And you have kids thinking that they can respawn. Or yeah, the, the video and a lot of the things and and this is and this is something that people need to realize, and parents know this. children under the age of seven do not distinguish between reality and fantasy. That has been proven multiple, multiple, multiple times. And in addressing the whole thing with firearm safety is ch- children under the age of seven may not fully realize that the person who's gone is gone. They may, it may not register with them. And that's the reason why programs such as Derek's are so valuable in changing the culture of safety. And to bring this whole thing together with advocacy, uh, for when I was speaking last month with EG webs on this, it's like, if somebody is not, is concerned about how to approach being an advocate or an activism, or anything dealing with that, focus on safety training, focus on suicide prevention. Those are the three, and then dealing, and it's like, it doesn't even need to address firearms or any other part of that. The fact that it addresses safety, because I know Derek, one of your programs deals with bullying and with the, and how to respond with bullies, because you have the bully who's either going to Sadly, commit suicide or create or commit violence. You address the bullying. You address the issue with safety, and children learn to talk to the adults that they can trust. And this isn't being somebody who is ratting or tattling or snitching or anything else. This is hey, so and so has a firearm. Teaching you how to
0: cope. Let me understand
1: exactly. It, right? Because and this is the
0: thing. I, I was just gonna interrupt too to say it's not always just those extreme examples that mm-hmm. were offering help and, and off options to these kids because just being upset, like, oh, I got bullied. Well, I guess I get bullied and having to live a life where you think you just get bullied, you know, like, no, you don't have to. And sometimes it's just as easy as saying to the kid, you know, whatever, right? And then the kids get along and they're off to the races. You know, just being kids or whatever, I'm assuming. So I think a lot of this is just to prevent what the, the stuff that snowballs into bigger stuff potentially, right? Smooth things out, give kids these tools so that when they're younger, they know how to. And I'm, I'm guessing that nowadays kids know how to communicate and share their feelings and they're not like.
1: Not entirely. No, they don't.
2: I'm just, I'm not no. too, too much TV or movies. No. They don't. I, I think we need to start off, we, we have to be good leaders inside of our homes. And so our, 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 kids are learning a lot on how to interact with others with the way we interact with others. And so, you know, if we're not going to, if we're not, if we're going to be aggressive and mean and, and rude, you know, they're going to pick up on that. They're going to repeat that, that habit. And, you know, we actually stopped a school shooting here in Oregon because of a kid that went for our program and they, were, they found a gun in a backpack on the way to school on a school bus, you know, it was, it was literally that close. And, and, and so what we need to do is just make sure that it's, they understand those, those kids in school typically are our are, are first responders. They're going to hear a threat of somebody trying to hurt themselves or someone else before anybody else. And so if we can give them the tools to know that they're making the right decision to, to get help, um, that's how we're going to make this change. You know, there's, there was a shooting in Bend last night where this guy had a full on, you know, manifesto online for months. And he told, he gave the date when he was going to do it. And nobody said a thing, right? So, you know, why aren't we catching these people before they create? There's all these signs are there, you know, we just have to get better at picking up on those signs and getting the right the, the help, you know, so that's that's kind of where we're at.
1: And, and that's an important part. I mean, even an individual who is um who's hurting whether they are cutting themselves, whether they are being physically abusive to themselves, uh, bulimia, anorexia, both are very, very... Uh, and I will be very f- uh, frank with individuals. I have known men, young men, who have died from anorexia. This is not just a female... That's not just a female disease or female condition. Young men have been known to um have uh anorexia have and bulimia they have been known to go through that cycle to make weight on the wrestling team wait for the football team gain weight things like that there's a lot of things that they feel that they have pressure that they have to do because of what's going on in school what's going on in their home life what's going on in their social life and they end up not knowing how to cope and they get caught in a cycle of a catch-22 of cycle of um destructive behavior and one of the I think things that,
0: just to cut you off because we're getting into the 90 minutes <laughs> area but um thank you for letting me do be rude But I think too, that when you uh, look at it, just number or practicality or like what's possible, if you're having a conversation with an anti, you're trying to be an activist, you wanna have this conversation that's effective with somebody who's anti our property or anti our rights or whatever we wanna say, but really they're just scared of guns. Well, they're scared of guns and they don't like gun violence. Okay, so you can't get rid of all guns. We kind of know that, we'll agree on that, but you'd like to get rid of all these guns because that's gonna save something. Well, what we're talking about is, you know when we look at the violence, it's not from the ninety four million guns or the 300 million guns that are out there. It's from the hundreds or single guns that cause all the trouble. Those are being held by a few people. So what's actually an easier, uh, fa- uh, which I say like an easier tactic to approach? taking away the opportunity from everybody or addressing the people with the issue? And that's just a, f- a lot fewer children to deal with because it's only the children that are growing up and having these issues. So that's like all this effort that we're going to spend on trying to take away 94 million people's property or challenge 94 million people who have never done anything and have no reason to have done it to do anything. When we could take those resources and devote them to our children, what we end up with is kids that don't have violence with firearms. But in addition, they don't have violence and they don't have inclination for violence. And we have just better times, right?
2: Negative. Negative. Our kids are being raised by video games. Our kids are killing for points at a young age. They're being desensitized to violence with these video games so taking away a firearm is well, not necessarily they're, they're still gonna they're still going create, create you know if they're gonna have that evil intent because they learned it's a learned behavior they're still going to figure out a way to do it. You know, they might have to. Well, I'd say great. that there was
0: always cowboy movies and there was always radio shows with cowboy action stuff. And there was this like disregard for the human being that was the, you know, the opposite of the frontierman. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, we've always had that element of our society, yet we didn't have the craziness. I'd rather say, let's take a look at the, the you know, the, the, if a kid is going to spin off where are they going to spin off into something they've never even heard of out of control something completely new or some mode that they've already heard of a path that's already established something that they can follow or attain right so i think we've got something there but i just wanted to say i i don't disagree with you i think i just wanted to say on that like yeah. you know i just that little and something
1: control. and something that people I'm,
0: i think more... i the same thing that we want to help the kids we want to help the mm-hmm. mental health of the children whatever the source of their angst Or their stresses Mm -hmm. we want to solve that because that's just more i guess what i'm saying is that's just technically and easier than it is to try to address all gun owners that's just unreasonable
1: right and one of the things that that people need to know that's a good interruption because you know i'll build off of that um one of the things that people talk about is um the whole thing of the mental health well extreme risk protection orders well extreme risk protection orders are not anti two-way a anti-due process they're anti fourth fifth sixth seventh eighth and ninth amendment the second amendment only comes in at the end part of this so don't be distracted by saying erpos are or red flag laws are anti-second amendment no they are anti-due process that's a significant difference secondly extreme risk protection orders do not address the underlying cause of the issue of why that order was done. I'm not talking about the false calls on this. I'm talking about the ones where somebody is actually in a mental health crisis who needs help. Just going in and removing the firearms is not enough. They still have the knives. They still have all the other cutting instruments. They still have all the other over-the-counter medications, let alone prescription drugs or other chemicals that are within the home that can be used for... Um, uh,
0: For harm or for, for, yeah, yeah. Yeah. or for attention or just yeah.
1: So one of the things to look at on this is every state has what's known as a, and I think it's under Brady, um, it's under Brady and Jake Wilkerson from uh, uh, Walk and Talk America actually has the information on this. Every state has a 72-hour hold. We've all heard about this. It's also known in California as a 5150. This allows for, it's an involuntary hold that puts an individual into a mental health under a dedicated um, psychiatric help where they're being watched for 72 hours. And after that, on that 72nd hour, they are in front of a judge with with the doctors, with law enforcement, with the family, with the concerned members in the community to address if that individual needs additional help which I believe voluntarily does not strip an individual's uh, Second Amendment rights. It is the involuntarily that does. The 72-hour hold does not, is not part of the 4473 that has been carved out, and that is critical and key. This also works to help a child, um, especially a teenager, if they need help, and people need to realize that. Not addressing the false calls on the on the extreme risk protection orders. The red flag laws, yes. I know personally somebody, and I've had three individuals come up to me since Washington State has had the red flag laws put in who have had false accusations done where a red flag was pulled on them with by the other individual lying to the courts.
0: Well, all right, so these are kind of new yet. So what we need to, before we get too worried about things that are in process, we got to figure out what the consequences are for these false. So if there's consequences for the false alerts, and then, you know, then the false alerts, end, we don't need to be as concerned as we could be. If the, if the false alerts go through and people start going to jail in, incorrectly, we need to start jumping on it. But that's just a bit of a tangent from, oops, I guess we lost Derek. Derek
1: had a, he, had a, he may have had a dropout for something. Um, and for that. So, um, but yeah, the, the whole thing with, uh, with that. And so the individual who says the video games aren't an issue, unfortunately video games are being used as a substitution for parenting. So yes, video games are the issue when you have something that's being used as a substitution for parenting. And that started with my generation that started with the early, with the older gen X, when you had Sesame street an electric company, come out on PBS where the mothers could put the children in front of the TV set and go through and just watch TV while they could do whatever they needed to do. So that whole thing as a substitute parent with a television or another issue going on has, has been going on. And I'll be very clear. I'm in my fifties. This has been going on for over 45 years that there's been substitute parenting. Uh, False alerts will never be prosecuted. Um, not quite. There have been false alerts that have been prosecuted. There have been false rape accusations who have been prosecuted. The issue is well.
0: my problem is that there's people that are going to stand. Okay, here's what I figured out. And I came up with this while I was walking. So in this first time, I'm throwing it out there we're in a boat right and every once in a while our boat gets attacked every once in a while we lose some water right people jump in the boat people leave right some people like being in the boat. Some people decide to leave but the gun owners we're in this boat and we got a bunch of new gun owners on board right and and i've asked the gun owners rights groups before individually i've been asking this question for a while what's more important bringing new second amendment advocates advocates on board or keeping our second amendment advocates around and they've every single time, without hesitation, said, bring new advocates on board. And it drives me nuts, right? Because nope, I, nope. I don't care, but it shouldn't be the answer. But the problem is there's an unquenchable supply of new advocates. So what happens is our organizations at the national level are in, in, have been set up to just experience the new, satisfy the welcome aboard, thanks for joining, welcome aboard, thanks for joining. They really, really, rarely ever have to offer more than that. So they don't. And they have to keep up with the overwhelming new welcome aboard and thanks for joining. They're able to do good work. And I'm not complaining, but I am complaining because they can do more. So when we're talking about this boat analogy, there's all these gun owners and we're on a boat. Every once in a while, the boat gets attacked. And every once in a while, like an aircraft carrier comes up and threatens. Obama's 23 executive actions is the last time everybody jumps ship. Everybody jumps ship and was sitting, hanging out by themselves. And then guess what? Grassroots... Effective grassroots, non-directed uh, activism stopped Obama and, it, and everybody got back on board. Some people swam away, some people drowned, some, pe- you know, some businesses went out of business because everybody jumped ship. You can't stay in business if people don't buy from your store. Some people sunk, you know, drowned without re- you know, wanting to. Some of us were able to weather through and what happens now is every time a little boat comes up, a little raft and shouts at us, give us your rights. A bunch of people jump off the boat into the water and go, I'm drowning. I'm drowning. And then we drag them back in the boat and go, oh, are you okay? And they've become accustomed to jumping in the water every time we get attacked and going, oh, we're drowning. Oh, it's the end. Oh, it's the end of the Roman Empire. Oh, our Second Amendment is being lost. It's a civil war. And then everybody who's new goes, oh, my goodness. People who are valid and on our side fell off the boat. Let's bring them in. Oh, let's dry them off. Oh, let me hear your war stories. How many times have you fallen off the boat? Oh, my, so many times. They don't realize some crew of the boat's been sitting here driving the boat the whole time that the boat has a crew, right? The boat is, and they don't think about that. They think about the yahoos that are jumping off and jumping back on. I call them the exploiters. So I don't know if this analogy worked this time, but there's Uh. people that every single time we get attacked can make money, sell T-shirts, Get a bunch yep.
2: of things yep.
0: and the nonprofits have to okay with that. Cause that's how they make their thing. I mean, they're not doing bad things, but I'm saying there's other things we could be doing. Yeah. We don't just so, have
2: to be. So I want to, I want to butt in here real quick. What I really right. liked about that is quality over quantity, right? Quality over quantity. So I remember, I don't know if it was last year or the year before there was this huge riff. It was Phoenix arms, uh, Phoenix ammo. And there was Rob Pincus, right? Well, Phoenix had this position where if you're a Biden supporter, I'm not going to. They're going to. There's a little questionnaire on their website. They're not going to ship you ammo. You're, they're going to cancel your order. You're done. And you know, at first, I was kind of upset with that, but then I listened to the interview, and I understood from a business standpoint, it's not. It's not good business. You're cutting out half your market. But he's standing principally and he's putting his money where his mouth is. And he says, "I want a quality advocate, not quantity." And the reason I say that. Is yeah, this all these new gun owners are great. I love new gun owners, right? They help with everything. But I also need these gun owners to stand shoulder to shoulder with me to when this bad bill comes through, that they're gonna call their elected officials, even if we don't we don't see eye to eye politically, right? So I need them to make those hard calls to make those emails that are gonna help support my two-way rights as well as well as theirs. And so that's what I really liked about its quality, and that that kind of changed my perspective. Well. I'm not going to buy ammunition from Phoenix because I shouldn't have to check a box on who I voted for to, to spend my money. So that's my position with him. Um, but I, I like the way that he was principled about it. And I, I think it does make a lot of sense. We do need more, you know, quality over quantity.
1: And that, and so to, to, to that partially what you two of you have been saying is what you, what guns and barbecue said is like, what happens when all of the current and old die and you oh, haven't brought absolutely. in new, this is where mentorship comes into play. And this is where the old need to be need to be available and willing to help with those who want to learn. There's a lot to learn when it comes to advocacy and there's a lot to learn when it comes to activism. Just like there is a, an incredible amount to learn when it comes to what firearm is really the best firearm for an individual. It comes down to personal choice and how it fits for that individual. A revolver for everyone. Oh, bless your heart, sweetie. I love you so much, but oh. Oh. So sweet summer child. Um, I I know you are, thankfully. Um, But it goes with that. It's like, how do we address this? Well, you address this by being available for anybody who asks questions. Um, Individuals, you never know who is going, who you interact with at any given point when you're wearing a pro 2A t-shirt that isn't in your face or something. Like some of the subtle ones, like um, the pew pew shirts from Colin Noir um, were also, and things like that. I also had one that said um, uh, women's liberation and it was very plain, simple type, <laughs> uh, plain and simple type but it had a, I think my husband said I was a Beretta and it shot through and it shattered the symbol of a female on that. Just, and this was just for liberating the one for women's liberation from what we had before. I would wear that shirt in Seattle out to dinner. And the comments that I would get were extremely interesting and same with the responses. Those from the marginalized communities were very for the shirt. Those who are, who I could peg as being a supporter of any of the gun control bills, that I could identify them from 50 feet away, were were, found that shirt repulsive, but it opened up conversations. And then there was another one with girls with guns. They had a very simple, very elegant shirt. That was very classic, not too over the top and like massively all uh, graphic all over the shirt, but it was very, very clean line on that also opened up conversations, how people have those conversations when they see your t-shirt or they see something like that and i don't mean the gatson flag i don't mean there's a shirt that's
0: that's changed now i mean i follow on instagram i do a thing on sundays to try to Mm -hmm. share the people i follow on instagram but there are i mean i can think of girls that i follow because Mm -hmm. they're advocates but then they you know touch are adjacent to the girl culture out there the girl Mm -hmm. gun culture i guess you know all worried about what holsters and then with instructors. I mean, there's a whole slew of things that are girl version or whatever. Oh. And uh, I don't follow necessarily all of it, but I'm interested in the instructors and in uh, the industry that's developing in firearms because i been okay. paying attention to that kind of stuff. But, uh, but the idea of um, the shirts that are kind of sassy or cute or, you know, like whatever the feelings are of the group or of the girl or of her whatever you know like the season that stuff is is i think someone could if someone's looking for something to do to add to the community someone could do a massive research a deep dive the kids say into the evolution of girls gun shirts because they started out being just the guy's shirts too small for you know so the boots would show and then now they're like i say like there's whole industries massive industry well i say massive but a massive number of small businesses That are supplying girls with their own gun culture merch, or whatever you call it, like fashion, even Mm -hmm. right. And there's the leggings, all the stretchy pants or whatever with holsters.
1: They actually have have, um, belt loops. So there's three that I'm aware of, and one is um, Valkyrie or Van Dyke. Van Dyke, Valkyrie. The other one is Dini Adams, and the third one is... Oh, I can't remember for Amy, and I can't remember her Alexa, company. I feel like Alexa. Now I need yes, to add a page Alexa. to Minuteman. Alexa, I'll be adding a
0: page to Minuteman for this. Yep.
1: Those are... With, with the way that those shirts are and everything else are, are just massive. They actually have shirts that work in the sense that clothing that actually works for women designed by women. There's another individual who, the
0: guns too. So it's like, yes, this is, you know, got my attitude or whatever my thing. So I'm hanging out with my girlfriends or like you say, I'm going out to advocate or I'm just going out on the town and I want to be, you know, in this fashion, but yeah, then for whatever mode of carrying I'm doing.
1: So, and then there's, there's a couple other ones too. Um, so DJ, I'll have to get those company names completely for you in a little bit. This is one that is cute. I've actually seen this one and this one is step on snake, step on snack and find out, um, and this particular one for this version was done as very cute. See, it is actually also done, um, on a onesie. So can you imagine going to a baby shower and bringing in a gift? for the mom and for the father of uh, something that's cute. And that's a cute little snake. He's adorable looking on that. But that's also how you change the culture. Like, oh my God, I can't believe you're going, you gave, you gave my child something that has um, gun related or anything else on it. I can tell you at three o'clock in the morning when that child has spat up or um, had an explosive diaper Uh, when it comes in, if that happens to be the clean piece of clothing that comes, that's there, they're going to put it on and that child's going to be wearing it. If that happens to be during the day and everything else and they go out, people are going to see that. Oh, where'd you get this? This was a gift. That's adorable. Oh, step on snake. How can I find it? That's what they're going to learn on this. And that's one of the ways you change culture is through simple, cute, effective, um,
0: well, it's the way it's changed, and it ha- is changing. That's all I mm-hmm. like. That is that yeah. that isn't new. This isn't something that should happen. This is happening. So they happen. always say that I like, caveat stuff with that. A lot of mm-hmm. the, a lot yeah. of the stuff that's out there is focused on what we should, and people aren't paying attention to what we have already. So we're talking mm-hmm. about existing stuff right now. Yeah. So this, is, it, this, I don't want to make this too long because otherwise, it'll, it, we've got a lot of good stuff in here. So I'm mm-hmm. going to throw one last question, so I don't throw everybody out. We'll do one last question and give everybody a chance to say it or answer it how they want. And then we'll give everybody a chance to uh, plug whatever they might have to plug out there. And thanks everybody who's showing up live, feel free to answer this one yourself. It's pretty much the question they asked earlier and then said I'd ask it and then they never did. So I'm just gonna rephrase it and ask it again, throw it up here and then highlight it. Um, Paraphrasing what I put up there before. Is there a path to renormalize basic firearms awareness and education in the schools in 2022?
1: Yes.
2: yes. And school districts. Open-ended, what is, it?
1: Open-ended. School what districts. is it? Get involved with the school districts. Get involved with the school. Even if you do not have a child you're, and you rent or own property, even if you rent, you pay property taxes via your rental payment to your landlord uh, through that part of it. Get involved with the school district that is going to be the smallest political issue or avid thing where you can be in there know what they're teaching the kids in the schools are they teaching the kids how to read how to write how to understand are they teaching the children how to read cursive and script so that they can actually read the constitution for themselves um but that's one of the ways uh get involved with the school districts get involved and if it's a private school get involved with the private schools bring this up. You want to bring inclusive safety, anti-bullying education to prevent suicide and aggressive action to the schools. How do you do that? Firearm safety education programs, such as Derek's programs, such as walk the talk America, How do you do this? Children need to know that there are ways that and programs that are out there that can help them learn how to deal with the stress. Are you saying
0: kids need to know, like, kids can request it or demand it? Or are you saying, like,
2: no?
1: The parents have to be involved. Older, children, older kids from the age of 13, before they graduated from high school, once you're in high school, you have a little bit more ability to push for programs through school uh, through school programs and things like that. Uh, school clubs, all of that stuff. Yes, yeah, so you can push that. High school students have a little bit more leeway, especially in your junior and senior year. Um, but the young, anything younger than a sophomore in high school all the way through kindergarten, that is the parents, that is the legal guardians. Get involved with the kids, get involved with the schools, get involved with what's being taught. And by getting involved in the school districts, that is how you can get actual safety training, anti-bullying, suicide prevention, anti-aggressive programs brought in to prevent school shootings to prevent suicide, to prevent abusive behavior. That's my thought.
0: Right on, about DJ, then I'll let Derek answer that one last.
3: Uh, Yes, I think by increasing community participation, um, I think that civic organizations, and since we're gonna pass to Derek next, maybe he could talk about uh, work with the Kiwanis Club. Um, I think that organizations like the Optimist Club already involved in education, um, other organizations, um, the Lions, I mean, pretty much any um, social um, organization, uh, community organization, um, trying to do what they can for their indip- their individual districts. It's a great way also to muster the forces of those parents, collectivize them, and present through another organization that has some recognition, not just the independent individual voices, but those made collective, I think, would be a great way to increase the normalization and the return to firearm safety in our schools.
2: So I'm up, I'm up. Uh, so I, th- I think it's very doable. So, you know, back in 2019, I actually wrote a Senate bill that was, we got a public hearing that year. And so what, a, what a authorized our program for all first graders in the state of Oregon. And so we're talking Hawaii, you know, Missouri, uh, Nebraska, we're, we're trying to help get it started there, but we can do it from a legislative standpoint as well. And that's, that's the one thing that I would encourage for our, our advocates and our activists here. If you're an expert in something, Write a bill. Write, write a piece of legislation that's meaningful, that can help us because put, it will put them on the, the defensive. It'll make them spend the money, you know, and it'll it'll highlight the, the holes in their game. And that's what we did. When I, I wrote Senate Bill um, 801, you know, we got a public hearing. Once we have everybody's under oath, we're in front of the education committee, and we were able to, to pick pick apart the other side under oath and totally make them look foolish and that was i mean we didn't get through to the next next hurdle but we learned a lot from the process we also got everything on video and we exposed them and so now when i go back now i'm, I'm going to try again this year is i already know where they're going to go with the argument they're going to they're going to they're going to talk about some failed rutgers study from 2017 and i'm already going to have all the information that's going to tell me that, and and so I'm I'm already gonna know where they're gonna be, so I'm gonna go a different direction and, and and hopefully make something happen. But that's what I that's what I try to like impress upon all of us as advocates is you know, we can do our part by by putting pen to paper and, and making something simple and concise. You know, we could disband you know gun-free zones in our states, you know, if we do it properly. You know, we can there's there's little there's little victories that we can do. Um, and to, that are going to add up to a big, huge victory at the end of the day if, if we just start somewhere.
1: Don't discount your voice. Even though within Washington we had a major setback with the assault weapons, with the, no, assault, with the magazine capacity ban, but we gained valuable information in that process okay. and also in the way of how to mobilize gun firearm and owners across the state. We had technically one out of 500 Washington residents respond to the magazine capacity bill confirmed against the bill. And that type of data is critical in fighting lies. Um, There's other ways of dealing with it where you have individuals who do massive research and we were able to counter lies by the state legislatures during the committee hearing and address it because there was individuals, As an example for this, what Derek was talking about and being able to address stuff, the Washington Civil Rights Association, which is a program um, put on by uh, Dan Mitchell, who owns Sporting Systems, who is anybody in Washington and Northern Oregon is aware of this man. He's done amazing work in defense of the Second Amendment rights here in Washington. And so he has this set up, we have a Discord channel that is set up so that people can learn about the bills that are coming up, how to be an advocate and these are individuals from across the political spectrum here in Washington. So during the hearing people are watching what's going on. they also happened to be because of they're at work or school or something like that they're able to have discord up um which is also again and this is so parents are aware discord is primarily set up for gaming for computer uh for computer games so that people can communicate outside of the game chat programs within like say um uh league of legends and things like that uh some of the fighting games uh uh, GTA, uh, grand theft auto and things like that. This is a way of setting up raids. This is a way of setting up chats. You can actually send photos, video, everything. So if your 13 year old wants to be on this parental controls, make sure about that. So sorry for the tangent on that, but we have individuals who are monitoring this. They could see what was going on at the same time that we were of those of us who were testifying. And give us the information to counter the lies being done by Senator Marco Elias and Senator Patty Curder during the committee hearing itself. So we have individuals who are unpaneled. We were able to speak against it. Do not discount your ability to help people have the, if you are good at researching and finding out information that is needed. Hands down, that is had,
0: stuff is. We, we had something very similar in Texas when they were doing their constitutional carry um, mm-hmm. testimonials. Uh, Clover Tech had a room just like this when he was in here earlier. I'm not in here, but chatting out with chat earlier mm-hmm. in a streamyard room just like this, and it was the same effect. It gave people a, a, a method, understanding and using technology to be more effective as testimon- as people who were offering testimony over the ten hour session. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I think to summarize yeah. that, learning and using technology to be a more effective advocate is something in 2022 that isn't very difficult. And if you don't want to do it yourself, then support someone who's interested ABLE and on the job. So with that in mind, I was asking if they've got a, a Patreon over at KidSafe. So Derek is joining us here on the chat today. and. Uh, he's the founder of KidSafe in 2016, 18, what year?
2: Yeah, we've been on nonprofit since 2016.
0: 16. And yeah. uh, they've got a Patreon. If you're not familiar, Patreon is a way to subscribe to projects. There's all kinds of things, artists, writers, uh, people on YouTube or whatever. This is an organization. If I found the right one, you've got a Patreon, so I'm going to become the second Patreon. You just click on it, and then it'll offer you uh, different tiers uh, in other words, different ways that you can uh, choose to pay. Uh, in this case, you only have one set up, I guess, one tier for five bucks. So for what a costs a coffee, a cup of coffee, a gallon of gas ish, you know, like five bucks. So I'll click on the stuff and finish. It's that simple. I mean, I could click my PayPal or whatever, and then I subscribe, and now it'll be connected to my PayPal, and each month on the first or something, it's going to grab five dollars and shove it over into their PayPal. And think about that sure. in the world that we live in today. One hundred people do that, and that's five hundred bucks a month. If a thousand people, I should say, went, a thousand people do that. Now that's five grand a month. How hard is it to get a thousand people? Go check out anything on YouTube and see how many views it has. Uh, go check out, you know, a, a Substack thing and check out how long it takes to get to a thousand. It's not un. Uh, it's definitely a doable thing, and that's I like, I'm a big fan of Patreon for now. Patreon does work to accomplish this. It allows people to uh, invest, to be in, to venture capitalists in things that you value, in this case, Second Amendment infrastructure. And uh, so, yeah, I'm going to encourage people to check out the Kids Safe Patreon. I'm going to mm-hmm. encourage you to take $20 a month, go over there and drop some amount on Kids Safe, drop some amount on us we have a patreon over there was a scroll at the bottom of the screen and it thanks the Patreons that allow us to put effort into projects like this and those hundred we're down to 145 so we can definitely use it if you've been thinking about this and haven't pulled the trigger it's pun intended right then uh grab 20 bucks head over to patreon consider it a subscription to another thing that you would subscribe to for 20 dollars Chop that 20 bucks up however you'd like. Five bucks, two bucks, three bucks, seven bucks, however you'd like. Drop a couple on us. Drop a couple on Kids Safe Find other valid stuff that you find interesting or valuable. Uh, you're going to find people out there that create, uh, that build, and that have done some amazing stuff. And put that $20 into Patreon for the next five months. You're going to spend $100 that way and come back if you've done that and let me know if that $100 was invested well. And if you value what you got out of that hundred dollars and what was created, again, if we have a thousand people throwing twenty dollars a month, we change the Second Amendment seriously. Tony Simon with five thousand dollars a month would be in a different position than he is right now. Anybody who we've mentioned tonight with five thousand dollars—I don't have five thousand dollars a month. I, I can't. I haven't made five thousand dollars a month since I worked at AOL. Like I have no idea what that's like. So having being we in 2022 we have the ability to fund all the projects that are already being done so i'm here to encourage you to value your voice and be a participant just like we kind of wrapped up here being part of the game as a constituent as a citizen as a voter and as a person who writes bills and offers them to the system that represents us you can do all that or you can support the people that are already doing it and it's not that difficult to throw two Five, ten bucks 10 at people. It's basically a cup of coffee. Some people buy us a BLT. Some people buy us some chocolate chip pancakes. I've recently added the chocolate level for people that want to jump up there and say like happy birthday or something at us and uh, help me make up for the people that probably have to jump off for money reasons. I can't, I can't imagine a bunch of people that have supported me for a while said, you know what, I don't think he's doing what I like and I don't like the 2A. More than likely, if somebody had to cut off $2 a month to our projects, It's because they're going through some time so i don't have any hard well i mean people have given us the ability to do what we do but uh yeah Throw some some scratch over into the industry into the excuse me not the industry the industry has a lot of money but throw some scratch into the advocates that are out there that have a patreon and let me know what you think and i'll i'll quit uh the sales pitch here but i don't think it's a sales pitch i'm hoping that it's not a a a motivation to invest in our future
1: it's not a sales pitch and Derek and G Have you also considered subscribe star because yeah, I have the
0: subscribe star. Also problem is nobody used subscribe star. A bunch of people say, Oh, I don't like Patreon. use subscribe star. And then they I don't use subscribe. subscribe, star. The subscribe star. So <laughs> I will find you on
1: subscribe okay. star. So post I used to have one star.
0: and then that person left.
1: Okay. Fine. Uh, and this is the thing too, Derek, um, f- get on the- subscribe star also. Um, uh it there is are some new other new.
0: ones there's some interesting Ultra. ones and of course with 87,000 new irs agents it's going to be fun going forward yes. but, so, um, ideally i like to use one not because i'd like i mean i'm all about exploring the options available to us with in 2022 on the internet but realistically the people that need to get to that could accomplish this i could list we all know them we've all met them they're all going to be a grpc or a chat show or both right we know who they are and those people with a thousand people supporting them would be done. So as much as I like the idea of broadening our baskets so that we have more than one basket to put eggs in, what we really need is Midway to stop doing what they do and Brownells mm-hmm. to stop doing what they do and instead to do what they could do, not what they should do or have to, but what they could do. And that's provide a, a, what equivalent, the equivalent of a Patreon for Second Amendment, and not for the, the the people that make money off of every time they're stressed in the situation, but the people that are solving that and the people that are going to create a, such a larger industry, than they can even imagine that they'll just be harvesting money in the future. But it isn't by entertaining or shock and amazement or laughing at stuff or causing rips is what we got now. And that's what those two industry leaders support. I'm just ranting some two and a half hours into this, but we need a, okay. a, a Patreon for Second Amendment. So, what I'm there trying is. A to pa- there is a Patreon right. for the
1: Second Amendment, and that's Ultron. He's actually come out openly Ooh. in Ultron. Ultron, U-L-T-R-E-O-N, I believe well, so. I've it's seen
0: Ultron, and I'll, again, I'll, I'm open to the idea, but the it hasn't The reason has there is,
1: it's not, it's not, it's, it's new. And where Patreon had its issues and everything else when it was new the ceo has actually come out openly and said he is pro two-way and he. is cool
0: but he's probably also pro a bunch of other stuff and then that isn't the same as midway and brownells funding the necessary elements that keep our industry alive so i'm all about free speech we've got a couple of platforms that are like we're free speech and guns too awesome really cool like some of us really enjoy that the rest of us need funding so that we can finish this.
1: Yeah, so, no, I agree. I, and that part and that aspect of it you are correct on it and it is something that needs to be clear and it does need to be something I mean, very I, And that could if just it,
0: that's something that really for capos and they should just do it because there's money to be made there. And right now a bunch of people are making it because we're deciding should we use Patreon? Should we use SubscribeStar? Should we use one of the others? Like you're saying Ultrion?
1: Mm-hmm. So those are the three the that I'm aware. Of. Yeah, those are the three that I'm aware of and where subscribe star isn't as bad as patreon because patreon has kicked off 2a and they have kicked no off. they
0: haven't though i'll stop that one right there the people that they've stopped off are those people that jump off the boat that i was talking about earlier the people that use weird uh marketing things ten times over do kinds of uh stuff that's skeptical and whether or not it's uh giveaways or uh, oh things like that. yeah yeah
1: where it's so yeah, when people
0: don't start- read the rules they get kicked off yeah. and, and they can't get back on because they never read the rules Instead of saying, hey, everybody, here's a lesson, let's move on, they go, they're against us, follow me over here. That happens over and over and over.
1: Yeah, I, uh, there's, one in, there's one in particular that we know, and we can discuss that at another time. But the issue is is that Patreon has Patreon has kicked other individuals off for free speech issues. Um, okay. So that, that is an issue.
0: I'm not saying they're perfect. I'm just yeah, saying no, they, aren't, they are not Patreon and 2A. We can yeah. fund 2A. Yes, and I'm glad that yeah. we got a valid another entity over there uh, with with uh, kids safe, but I'm not saying it's our I mean Patreon is a nice uh, what they call handhold while mm-hmm. we're climbing, but yeah, yeah it's a handhold. Like I say yeah. we need a rest, or we need a shelf or something where we can put up one of those cool tents that they live on when they're hanging out on the cliff and uh, that would be, you know, the industry providing that. It doesn't have to be Brownells. I don't want to shame Brownells just cuz no, they Brownells don't do. Brownells Let's doesn't have love- a gun broker who created their own infrastructure online. Who's yeah. changed literally the game? Somebody like that, or Armsless USA, a lot. Armsless. Yeah, one of those could come in. They know the tech, and they know the humans involved. Like they literally know most of us. So the, yeah, we've got plenty of potential out here. They just the, need to know that the they one, need. The one,
1: the one issue, and this is uh, coming from somebody who w- does work in tech, is going to be the processors. There's only three, and until. Something is set up on that and that is, in order to set something up on the processing, it's extremely difficult because you're dealing with federal finance laws. The only one that I know for the, that's actually going head to head up against PayPal, up against um, uh, some of the stuff like that is Dan Bongino's group. And I think it's, um, and I can't remember the name of it right now, but he is going up against PayPal when it comes to being pro-free speech, pro two A. And he is very clear about that. Um and he is working with Rumble and Locals uh, con- uh car- company to be able to go head to head against the technology. So they are having that established. Is it something new? Yes. But this is something they have the funds. I'm seeing more gun content on Rumble. I'm seeing more people being able to use things like that on there. So it is a significant issue to be Thank aware you. of. Thank you. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, it, it's a. And so, G Webs, you may have seen people loot, get drop off of Patreon when that one group was kicked off because that has had repercussions across the board on some stuff. So I've seen plenty of
0: them come and go. There's a lot of when there's a whole lot to get into when you get into the people that currently use the systems. But the, one of the big issues is uh, the people that currently use the systems are useless. They're pointless. They haven't done anything. If they would have accomplished anything, they had the resources to have done so years ago, literally. When the antis, the people who are against us were on their knees and had failed and there was nothing else to be done, they walked away. They didn't take the, 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 the lead and do anything. And that's the same human beings that exist today. So there's, those are the people that are using the platforms. You know who doesn't use the platforms? Derek, he's got two Patreons. What, what, what's gonna happen when Derek is at the $15,000 a month level and deciding if he wants to use Patreon or not because the people who have invested in what he does have, re- have gotten a return on their investment, right? So the people that use it now are trying to fund big screen TVs, filling houses with Jello, bullshit like having six people that they pay to do stuff that they didn't don't need to. Uh, I know for a fact, a few of them have like, you know, lazy cousins that they're paying the bills for. And, you know, these, the ways that they're using the systems that exist now are to, to do all this waste. And the second amendment advocates that are out there aren't trying to fund their lifestyles they're just trying to get accomplish their their goals so right. that's why I, I rally against the concept that the people who have the examples and the things out there now now if you know advocate groups or like people that are doing stuff from outside the guns or something or even in guns that i'm not aware of fine i'm mostly talking about the people that entertain and the people that use the platforms to pay for the jello and the 50 bmg's that they break and that kind of crap like the the frivolous stuff that makes gun owners look petty and look like all we care about is our toys and that we don't have much interest in other than making noise and, a, and being loud and bothering the neighbors. So those people who desperately run through online platforms like Kleenex because they don't play well with others and they need to be funded at extreme levels don't, are, are apples and oranges with the Second Amendment advocates that could use literally $5,000 worth of funding to the people that we talked about today, would change the level of the playing field. Everything we talk about today is because the antis, everything that we're talking about in the news cycles of this year have been because the antis know that they're losing and they, this is the last time they can use any of these things from their playbook. They're never gonna be able to use an assault weapons ban again. They're never gonna be able to use red flag laws again. They're never gonna be able to marginalize young people again. They, they, they know that they can only do this because our mechanism is to run around and not be effective. As soon yeah. as we're effective, everything literally goes away. And now we lead the way for other groups who have been ineffective as well. I mean, I've, I'm going off in multiple directions. That's OK. Ways, but- no,
1: yeah, you're right. Five thousand dollars is a small amount of money when you think about it. But for an individual, it's a lot. I, I know personally, five thousand would have allowed me to have the Seattle Tacoma Pink Pistols be at more...
0: If tenu- anything, it would allow us all to hire an employee. And that would allow us each to do our thing with our employee doing the stuff, right? That's, we only have every single thing that we've accomplished is with an activist who's part-time, an activist who's doing it in their garage, on their spare time with their own money on their own vacations from work and sacrificing their lives in his time with their families. Imagine if our Second Amendment advocates were as well off as our entertainers. And I'm not talking about movie entertainers. I'm talking about the people in the, my realm who have gone from nothing to millionaires based off of shooting Jello pools or whatever, making gun owners seem like yahoos. So, you know, we, I, would it, have I
1: can hundreds, tell you that hundreds, as some,
0: all we have to do is change a dial and then only a few thousand dollars need to trickle off. In a pie that's huge. I'm not even saying take away somebody's slice of pie. I'm just saying let's build some cake or throw you know bake some cake over here. Let that eat their pie. We've got 300 and something thousand people in the country. What we're talking about is doable. But I guess it is very
1: doable, and I can tell you as somebody who did it for 10 years, and who did it on um, very little donations, very and just with time. Yes, people don't realize how powerful it is, and my side was on the political side primarily, and also with the advocacy on it. And yeah, it would be, it would have been a massive help, massive help. I mean, there is a reason why your program is one of the few that I come on anymore. And Derek's is one of the ones that I still participate with. I physically cannot do anything anymore, um, on it because of this. And so, yeah, a lot of people don't realize I've seen, and I've already had people reaching out to me already that, um, with everything coming on that, oh, I can't do this Oh, we're going to need you in January. And I'm like, I was very clear come November I'm done and seeing who has stepped up to fill what I'm having to step back. And this is for those who are in Washington state. I'm very serious. Derek's and Derek's program will be the only one I will be participating after November. I will not be able to do what I've done for 10 years prior. I physically cannot, I have to keep my blood pressure down. And, um, so it's one of those situations where a lot do not realize what it takes to be an advocate, what it takes to do some of this. It is a lot to, it takes a lot of time and time is the most valuable resource. Money, having the money and the ability to do that, to be able to buy programs, to be able to buy, um, to be able to provide uh, printed materials, I'm grateful for the fact that Derek has been able to give me flyers and everything that I hand out at Halloween to every single child who comes to my home. They get the large flyer that says kids safe foundation. This is how you protect a child. I had over 120 children at my house on Halloween last year, and I have a feeling I'm going to have even more and I'm giving out full size candy bars this year. So, (laughs) um, That's another thing. And and that's another thing. It's like, what little things can you do that somebody can do if they want to, to be able to get the change, the culture and change the message. There are, I'm sure Derek might have some of the stuff that where you can print it out and he's not sending it to you. But if you wanted to go to Kinko's or something like that, to print out the resources that he has of like, this is how, you protect child. This is how you get the information out there. And there's also from Walk the Talk America. You can download their program and they have a card that you can download that can be handed out. Download those out come Halloween, which is going to be in less than 63 days. Realize that. Every single child, as you give them a piece of candy, give them a flyer for Kids Safe Foundation.
0: Well, you could one because it's you know who wants to flyer on halloween right but you could take something and chop it up so that it's a little square folded right mm-hmm. i'm thinking of think of i don't know if you anybody knows about this i'll maybe dj's got a picture or something i'm sure i got a picture somewhere but anyway cheryl todd at her store az firearms uh when it was open they'd have this little basket by the door and it was full of squirt guns that had az firearms on them and they were a little squirt gun and it had a little thing tied to it that had uh the four rules of firearm safety and it was just a little card and i think it might even had some branding on it and uh uh, anyway so that was about this a little bit bigger than a a silver dollar right just a little piece Mm -hmm. of card folded so yeah you print something out that you can cut up cut up into a little card and give them the four safety rules with something and i bet you it could be clever and come up with some sort of a way to make it into a puzzle or something so that they may even want to keep it for more than a second or think of you know, think about it for more than just you know however long it takes me to look at a piece of paper but no i think that's a great idea now i'm going to also just capitalize on that and say or add to that i like to scold the national level organizations that repeatedly do the same thing year after year uh it'd be easy to come up with something to offer for thanksgiving or for Thanksgiving for for halloween right come on we got uh little trinkets and stuff we got wristbands walk talk america's got wristbands yeah I give, I
2: give out wristbands
0: or something for kids that they'd like, you know, or I don't know, maybe some kids probably do like wristbands if they're sized appropriately, but then, I don't know, is that a choking hazard? But I don't know. There's got to be something interesting that could come up, you know, something, again, looking for an opportunity to be creative, to participate, and bring your skill set to the board, make something interesting for people to give away at Halloween and has a message that normalizes, gun.
1: And it's and it's normalizing the the message and the communication. I can tell that I only saw one of the flyers folded up, out of over the hundred that I handed out, and everyone else. And I've talked to people in the neighborhood afterwards. and like, "Oh, you were the house that gave that. That was such a good idea." And Derek has some very basic safety information on the back of the on the back of the flyer, and it's and it's a and it's and it's maybe, um, it's three um, and a half by eleven. Yeah. So it's not a, it's not a big flyer. It's something that's easy just to slide in to the pillowcase or the big candy gathering uh, unit that the, that the kids have. So I would just put it in there and put it in there with it. And they're like, Oh, what's this? This is something for your parents to read later when you get home and to the teenagers, it's like, yeah, this is something you might be interested just for some other information. Um, So that's, that's one of the great ways of changing culture giving information out and making it common for people to see that information, even if it's just Halloween. So this will be the th- third year in a row that I will be giving out information on Walk the Talk America, Kids Safe Foundation, and um, suicide prevention. Um, because Washington State has its own program through Forefront Suicide Prevention. I will have all through Safer for Homes, and I have all of that in there. Um, I don't give it to the very, very young kids. I will hand it to the parents for the Kids Safe Foundation. But for anybody who is uh, seven years old or older, they get it into their bag. And, oh, what is this? Oh, this is just something for later. So we get very decorated for Halloween. All the kids come to the house because I decorate for Halloween and I'm known for giving out good candy. So um, we have that. And uh, last year we had the big 10 cause that's when we got married. And so the whole thing was, is that you just, this is how you approach it. So if you were listening to this program at this late hour and everything else, and you're thinking, what can I do as an individual? What do I like to do outside of firearms? That's interesting to me that I can bring a message of safety. Oh, like, um, like whether it's sports or anything else, just wearing a t-shirt, um, wearing a baseball hat, I have a, something that brings the message that is normalizing firearms as being responsible and as normal, not as something that is, as Hollywood puts it, a tool that is misused for hurting other individuals or as the news. And that's pretty, I think that pretty much summarizes Or he's, you know, I will talk for hours.
0: Yeah, that's the thing is when I, my problem is too, that I'm accustomed to being up this hour. So yeah, I don't, sometimes I fall asleep, I don't know, I'll stay awake, but when I'm not falling asleep, then I end up turning these in the marathon. So I tried to go for 90 minutes. We obviously failed at that. Um, instead of going to keep going, because I think we could, let's remember, or I'll remind everyone, my goal is to have to continue having interviews each Monday with people in the Second Amendment community. And just to clarify for people, obviously at this point, you probably already know, I don't intermix 2A and gun community. I'll say gun community when I mean it, because I talk about that all the time. I love it, all of it. But 2A community is a subset of it, and that's what I'd like to focus on specifically. One, so that people can see that every single Second Amendment advocate that we've got today, the authors, the researchers, the radio people, Literally everybody that's in activism or awareness is just a regular person, like I say, doing it on the side. Uh, There's only a couple of people that are running organizations that are getting paid to just do it full time. Very few. But uh, so I like to highlight the fact that we are and, and why and how you're doing it. Right. So that it inspires others to get on board. You don't have to be this tall to to get on board or you have to be this old to get on board or this have money this much money or this much awareness literally everything is of value and when you bring it to the community then you know you find out what you have to offer and what others might get from you so I'm trying to offer that with these interviews each Monday and then on the third or fourth Monday however the month works uh we'll bring uh sharon on we'll have every well i'm gonna have sharon and clover have the open invite maybe tony i don't want to fill the room too much because i we can't have anybody else in here but i bring tony and uh clover on every saturday anyway uh, i don't know if tony's awake at midnight on a monday like this but he's welcome same with clover he obviously didn't show up it's too late for him those of us on the west coast it's no big deal it's nine o'clock you know now it's 11 or something so uh it's 11 30 at this point but still, it's not super late. The show barely started at midnight on the East Coast. Anyhow, I'll try to bring a group on every third or you know, the last weekend or the last Monday of the month. So we'll have more of these in the future. So uh, this won't be the last one. It will be a little bit different. I'll, I'll keep inviting everybody, but I'm assuming not everyone will have the ability to show up. So it'll be sort of a mixed roundtable, I guess we'll call it.
1: So, Derek, okay, no, um, real, before we close up, Derek, when is your your next program that people can find out for how their children can get go through your program? I know you do stuff at Cabellos and at Bass Pro, but you also do it okay. over at Albany, Oregon Police Department. Um, mm-hmm. And then up here in Centra- up here in Centralia, Washington, I think the next one is in November. Um, yeah. where's the next one in Oregon and you're, and I think it's close enough to where, uh, some people from Washington state can get over there too, if need be.
2: Uh, so I'll be back in Tualatin next month. Um, so I got a couple, couple classes up there. We're partnering with PDs up there. So we got the Sherwood police department. We'll be at the Tualatin Cabela's. So that's easy for people to come from Washington into Oregon. I'll be back at Cabela's, uh, this Thursday night. And, you know, our first team team class our team rifle class is going to be on a uh, 910 and so we got the rifle set up and what i'm working on right now is i'm working with the oregon state police is because i want to buy these kids their first their first gun and what i mean by that is the kids say foundation i'm trying to set it up is going to pay for their first background check when it comes to when they go buy their first rifle that's this team project is supposed to be about it's about civic teaching about civics responsibility and also how best to protect our two-way rights and that's by going out and buying their first rifle when they're 18. Mm
1: -hmm. that's a great that's a great thing on that um and so unfortunately in washington you have to be 21 to be able to buy a rifle at this point even
2: even a bolt action
1: I don't recall. I believe it's all semi-auto, and that includes the Ruger 10/22 and the Marlin 60. Um, so much safer. <laughs> yeah. Dan, Dan would be able to give you the clarification on that. My yeah, understanding so. is that it's all um, that it's all kind of, it's all rifles. On that, with how they did it, especially the semi-automatics. Um, I'm kind
2: of soured on Ruger now, and and Daniel Defense. So I'm gonna I'll, I'll suggest. Are, I'll suggest CZs. <laughs> uh, hey,
1: I'm a CZ. I'm a CZ girl, and so is Tony Simon. Um, yeah. uh, Tony and I are both huge CZ proponents on everything on that. I love my CZs, um, and everything else. So, but it, again, G Webbs, thank you for having thank this. You. It's been a wonderful time as always, and I will see you in about a month or so, um, depending on right, the so nobody jump out when I end this.
0: I'll play some <laughs> music. Like everybody, stick around. But. Uh, Okay. Derek, if you want, just also give us uh, where to contact Kid Safe, uh, the official elevator speech,
2: if you would. Okay, the elevator speech. So, my name is Derek, president of the Kids Safe Foundation. We've been a nonprofit since 2016, and we've gone over 26,000 kids reached now in five states. And so, I want to reach 10 million. And so, your help with with Patreon is going to make that possible. So, I appreciate everything. Um, zero fire max is the only acceptable goal, and that's our that's our mantra. And you can find us on our website, kidsafefoundation.org. Also Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, and I'll, I'm going to be a little bit more active on Patreon. So
0: thank you. Right on. And then DJ, the uh, road 28 a roadie. Want to plug anything on the way out?
3: I do indeed. Uh, the Guns and Barbecue channel has a program later on today because uh, we're passing into the tomorrow of Tuesday, a 2A Tuesday. Uh, so Tuesdays and Thursdays, come check him out. Uh, Wednesday afternoons, same kind of program. Uh, the ripoff, the almost nightly firearms <laughs> expo. Um, on Saturdays, I also encourage people to check out the A Great Start Shooting Schools uh, discussion about suicide. And I'll post a link to that channel in the description. Gee, thanks for the invitation. I uh, had a great
0: time. Thanks again, everybody. Like I said, I'll play this uh, outro and then uh, we can chat off here. If I can find it, I probably should have it queued up. Here's Bob, the guy that uh, started the show with me gearwebsites.com is your source for firearms based playing cards and books we also have mugs shirts and posters with designs that we've made live of course we have patches every friday is free patch friday we appreciate your support thank you for shopping at gearwebsites.com so let us know what you think we'll be watching the comments wherever you find the video over on gunstreamer.com or on guntube.org Thank you for supporting our projects. If you'd like to buy us a cup of coffee, check out our Patreon channel. The The guys
2: and gals of gunwebsites.com encourages you to take a CCW class every year, practice at least once a month, and carry every day. Thank you for watching gunwebsites.com.